everybody, and welcome to episode 481 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparas, coming to you from the Austin Cook Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash laser time and join us at the $20 level. Who's joining me now? Christopher, and it was fun to put Austin in there. I was at a, a bar and met a girl, and I had to meet up with her later. And uh, all right, let's be let's befriend each other on Facebook. Our only mutual was Austin. What? Wow. And, we, <laughs> and so we had to talk about how, how do you know Austin? I'm like, what? I guess I've known him for years. We've never met in person though, and they went to college together. Dang. Very strange. Who else? Did you even say your name, Chris? By the way, <laughs> I, think so. I think people get it. Hi. <laughs> all right. That's Chris Antista. I yeah. am Matthew Allen, the man who is always on the cusp of that zeitgeist. So much so that I just finished watching Stranger Things Season 3, so Atta that I can, I'm finally ready to watch Season 4 <laughs> that everyone's been talking about for the past two months. That shit takes place in the summer in the 80s. Unforgettable. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically just meatballs. I, I love yeah. that. I love that show, and it's gotten better every year. It's... Hmm. Saw someone write, it's not a movie, it's not a TV show, it's something weirder, and I like it a lot. Especially this season with like the 90-minute episodes. Like, each of those is a TV movie. Those last two episodes are like over two hours. It's fucking insane. They said it's something weirder, not it's a stranger thing. Oh, boy. Greg, (laughs) where were you? Where were you? Uh, All right. So, the special guest. Greg Moore. I've been to Austin once. Drank too much. Hmm. Yeah. I've been there <laughs> for times. It's a great city. <laughs> no, it was, uh, we drove co- cross country to get here. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> well, other than Austin, where might people see your stuff online? <laughs> oh, I'm on Twitter, apparently. Yeah, this week oh, you'd yeah. see him on Twitter. Good Holy God. shit. Where are you wow. on Twitter? Holy uh, shit. I'm at Lacquer Leaks on Twitter. I went viral for the one of the stupidest things I've ever said. It for was some stupid how shit. it works. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's, it's also I don't swear on Twitter normally, but I, sw- I, I was making a point about animal poop and mm-hmm. how the different animal poops <laughs> yeah. mean different things in English, and how that's neat. And apparently, half a million people agree. Yep, <laughs> that was fucking. Yeah. I don't think I've seen someone I know go that get that many fucking retweets. I like it's it's actually been a fascinating experience. We should have a separate podcast just about that because I feel like <laughs> do it now. So was was your reply to it going viral, your reaction was that consciously building on what you'd said with holy shit? That was yeah, that was a conscious. That was a little it's a joke. Wink, it was wink, a good joke. Ha-ha. It was a good joke. Nice. Michael, don't be a dumb so, shit. It was a, it was a oh, hard, hard joke. Man. No, I mean, well, <laughs> these phrases are so common that you could accidentally bust it out and not even realize you've mm-hmm. pulled another funny. Well, no shit, Greg. But it was yeah. <laughs> I got that a ton of times. I got good shit a lot. Uh, <laughs> like probably uh. twenty thousand people pointed out that I forgot chicken shit. And I'm oh, kicking myself oh, for that. What a dipshit. Yeah, I can't believe yeah. it. <laughs> a lot of people missed the point and were just like riffing on it with any like slang related to the word shit. The point shut is. Shut up, animals. you shitty bitch. But I mean, it was a hot shit tweet, Greg. You did a good job. It was job. a shit take. It was my shittiest <laughs> take. But, but, yeah. It's, shit take. Most, yeah. it's the most successful thing I've ever done by an enormous margin. <laughs> <laughs> no. not, not, not to point out though, Greg. I love that. So you 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 did what everyone does, and you plugged your you plugged your shit after it went viral. And I love the drop off between the five hundred thousand likes on the the, <laughs> the the thing about the word shit with like your post about a project that I want you to plug next. Your your next Dreamcast pro- project, or no, I'm sorry, Saturn. Sorry. Your next Sega Saturn localization mm. project, like going from five hundred thousand likes to. 
within yeah. the hundreds. Well, <laughs> it's believe very, it or not, very though, niche. like. So I rushed that announcement because I saw that I was going viral. I was like, oh my god. Because like, we were already trying to announce this month. But mm-hmm. it was probably going to be like another week at least. But uh, I was basically done with the first draft of the, the script I'm translating. And I was like, if we announce this today, there's like a pretty significant chance it'll get way more attention. And I do think that's true. Because I nothing I tweet gets traction. It's usually like four <laughs> or five likes, and that it, it now has like. I like them, Greg. Like, I like your well, tweets a lot. <laughs> but but it it actually did help, even though it's a huge disparity. And it's like this is like one of the big takeaways. Is like not like achievement means very little because it's so chaotic. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this is one of the dumber things I've said on here, and it's like. I'm never going to top this. And meanwhile, I was like, hey, here's this thing that I'm doing that's actually quite hard. <laughs> I've, spent, I've spent the last six months like with my nose to the grindstone. <laughs> the grindstone. Like, that takes effort to understand. That is yeah. not for me. The lowest common denominator on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the yeah, that's the nature of the fucking internet. Mm. We were talking about the documentary Searching for Sugar Man, and that's the documentary about the guy who makes music and his years later his music is discovered in another country and he's you know almost homeless but is famous across the, the ocean somehow becomes the elvis of south africa yeah and it's like and i was <laughs> like we we have those stories but it's always like the fucking room we can't appreciate something for what it actually is we have to ironically yeah. appreciate something no one can be no one's creative goal can be intentionally met on the internet it always has to be a fucking accident it ha- yeah. has to you have to fail somehow shit has to fly in your face like <laughs> you can never predict what's going to be successful on the internet and it's just yeah I thought it was like, hysterical I sort of have a habit like just as I'm going to bed I'll have like some like you know shower thought kind of thought so mm-hmm. and, it, and it makes me think of like deep thoughts by Jack Handy Back in the day yeah, on SNL, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is what Twitter was supposed to be. Yeah. Yes. Tweet, you know, and I'll, I'll just expect it to go into the void and nothing to happen. And just this one time, it got picked up. And, like, my friends and family have all seen it independently <laughs> from knowing me. It's weird. Your mom is it, horrified it, it, that you would swear like that in front of strangers. I think the, 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 <laughs> I stopped using Twitter on the reg, like, a long time ago, but, like, the, the most famous person to retweet me I remember, like, L.A. had banned vapes on the beach. And I'm like, you know, yeah, way to way to ban something no one's asking for in a positive solution to smoking. And then right. Dr. Drew was like, what do you think, everybody? I'm like, Dr. Drew, leave me the fuck alone. And all of a sudden, like, Dr. Drew and his millions of followers, I become, like, the vape <laughs> spokesman. Like, Jesus no, thank God. you. Don't want. Do yeah. not want. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. You see, like, people bickering. You know, there's this, like ongoing two-day argument about whether it's correct to call people American when you mean United States of America or if South Americans are awesome. It's just like dumb. It's, it's <laughs> one of those things like, well, what would you call us? There's no country in South America called South America. Yes. And what right. if you weren't, what if, what if by chance you weren't confused and nobody was complaining about it? Yeah. You should mm-hmm. file that under let it go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let it go. I, I'm just like, unsubscribe. <laughs> Subscribe for my own tweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these these were notions we used to keep to ourselves. Ah, I guess it doesn't matter. Now it's like, I gotta get this out there. <laughs> right. <laughs> gotta get this out there. Don't even edit it. Uh, but yeah, did it result in any more hassle, any more followers as a result? Uh, oh, so that's the one of the crazy things is, uh, you know, I, start, I had like 424 followers or something like that two days ago and now mm-hmm. i have 
1120 or something like nice. more than doubled and all those people are going to be quite disappointed i think when they realize what <laughs> unless they, they like saturn up. games there's a venn diagram there like oh <laughs> dude this guy who's an expert on shit shit also talks about Saturn games. And what's the Saturn games? Hot off the release of you guys, Bulk Slash. You guys may remember I, I did a translation of the game Bulk Slash. It was an yeah. obscure action game on the Saturn. Uh, that went over really well. You know, it came out within t- 10 months from conception. People seem to like it a lot. We just announced our next project. It's called Stellar Assault Double S. The double S means Sega Saturn. And it's kind of in the same vein in that it's a 3D, like, space sci-fi action game. It's it's a cockpit shooter, maybe kind of like Wing Commander. Language? A little bit like Watch Star Fox. Yeah. It's got that 3D Saturn charm. Very low quality. <laughs> but, but it actually we invest, is like... We invested in the wrong infrastructure <laughs> yeah, kind of charm. But, but it's really, like, impressive what they did with that limited tech. I think uh, people will be impressed with what they see. It's a nice little light show. And what, what, why does it require uh, your skills? Oh, well, so it's uh, the the game. Uh, so there was actually a 32X version um, that Hell was just yeah. a, a straight cockpit cockpit shooter. And then this is basically a remake. And then one of the main additions is that they added this whole, like, basically a radio drama on top. Radio of it. drama, oh, you say? You well, well, well. My word. got people talking ship to ship and it's very dramatic and it's like them saying hey look what the sega saturn could do that the 32x couldn't which is cd audio um so they we, that all needs to be translated uh, i've noticed in the translation scene it's becoming more and more in vogue to use machine translation to like mm. for lack of anything else so that invoke, people can by, by invoke you mean easy which i i hate yeah, but easy. <laughs> I think it's it's like if you're to have like a work in progress and you do do it for like a first pass, that's probably yeah, fine. I mean, it's, but... it's a good reference, and it, I, you know, it is better than not having anything, I guess. Yeah. But uh, you know, obviously, it's it's no friend to translators, but um, that's uh, uh, you can't do that with audio because someone has to be able to transcribe yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I figure this is a place where uh, like Greg comes I, to shine. Yeah. This is where I'm a Viking. Boy, can I type. And, <laughs> and boy, do I admire myself with all the intricacies of Japanese localization in ways that I always find fascinating and love to hear you talk about. Maybe, God damn it, I should hear, we should talk about this more. Um, do I smell a segue or? Yeah. No, possibly. no, 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 no. I, I'm just, I, Excuse I, me. As, I, as a, what, what do you call it? Stockholm Syndrome SS Saturn fan. <laughs> I'm excited about this because Saturn was my, like, kind of the first console I bought with my own money. Oh, cool. And, uh, it was it was the first console I got of that generation, so it was the only thing I had, and I had to depend on games dropping below forty bucks before I could buy them, unless they were nights. And <laughs> it was it was it was tough goings out there. And the, yeah, and the U.S. and Europe got kind of pretty short-handed with the library, mm-hmm. um, so uh, it's nice to bring some of those exclusives. I guess here. Brain Dead 13 will be my favorite game. <laughs> oh. Captain's Log, Stardate 48.5 here on the SS Saturn. Yes. We have ventured into... We're all auditioning for territory. Greg's radio drama, right? <laughs> <Really? laughs> well, the segue that Greg might have been alluding to was... This week is, is a fun week for new releases. We've got Stray, the cat game... That everybody has Boo. been wanting since it dogs was first rule, announced. Cats drool, except yeah. it's the other way around. Damn it! Sure, I, I but also out <laughs> this week is Live Alive, 
which is a 1994 Super Famicom game that is making its stateside debut this week with a Switch remake, remaster, whatever it is. I think it's a remake, but that uses the original sprites and such. But thought it would be fun because Greg is so adept at localizing things. This is very much your thing to invite you on to talk about five <laughs> other games that took forever to be localized that uh, launched in Japan and didn't come to the U.S. for years, in some cases decades, after they were relevant. Yeah, and it's it's something I don't, I'm not sure that will ever happen again, but if for some reason something doesn't get localized now, it's probably never getting localized. I mean, it's happened at least six times now. <laughs> <laughs> this list plus Live Alive. No, then, I'm, I'm just saying that, like, it's, that that kind of stuff usually will happen day and date. Mm-hmm. Or not? There's too oh, yeah, much yeah. stuff to obsess over a 20 year old non localized game. Yeah, well, I mean, one of these is pretty recent. Oh, is so, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. It's a short gap, but uh, a significant one, nevertheless. But uh, yeah, let's get right into these right after this. Everybody, it's me, the raccoon that lives under Chris's porch, here to deliver the portion that you normally fast forward through. That's right, I'm here to tell you how to support Vigigame Game Apocalypse, even though God knows these schmucks don't deserve it. My God, they're late with shows week after week. What kind of an excuse is a business trip? I got sick, my mother was dying, a raccoon bit my ankle off, and I'm pretty sure it was you. Boo hoo hoo. Good news, there's a bunch of ways you can do this. You can go to patreon.com slash laser time if you prefer to throw money at your problems. Or, you know what, helping these guys is free. Good news, you don't have to give them anything. You can just go up to a friend and say, hey friend, I notice you're the kind of person who likes Vigigame. Game. Good news, there's a show where some guys talk about video games for two and a half hours every week, and they're like, two and a half hours? Don't you have anything a bit longer? And you'll say, no, that isn't possible. Then you'll go in separate directions and never speak to each other again. If that's too much human interaction for you, you can go on your podcast app of choice and leave us a rating. Five stars or better, please. Just say, this is the best show ever. A raccoon told me to say this, therefore you can trust me. Anyway, that's my time. Back to the part you actually downloaded the show for. And we're back to talk about what? Late localizations that still happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do we have, Official. Do we, can we Official definitively say we have the latest localization, the most late localization? Biggest disparity? Probably. <laughs> in terms of years? I, I think, yeah, some of these are have a pretty huge disparity in terms of years. But not this one. Number five. The Empire of Japan. After opening its doors... A push for cultural transformation brought great waves of Western influence to this far eastern island nation. The revolution washed over the land, making life in the capital exciting and unsettling. It was a period of great change, and some were swept away by the tide. Oh, what a game is this? from Japan? Mm-hmm. You have to narrow it down. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and Greg probably yeah, we, got uh, bombarded with requests sure or did. questions about why this isn't coming out. We, yeah, we were both uh. at Capcom during a very interesting time for Ace <laughs> Attorney. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like the the main th- touchstones I remember were it was when I the first couple years I was there, the brand had gone quiet. Uh, pretty quiet, and uh, there was a small but aggressive group of people that were constantly demanding a what localization. A nice way to say it. Of- Objection! 
<laughs> very obje- objectionable group, uh, constantly demanding a localization of Miles Edgeworth Ace Investigations 2. Mm-hmm. They had localized the first game and then not the second. This was on the DS, I guess. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah. And they weren't going to do it. I forget why. Um, but I there know was- why. <laughs> you do? Well, I, I, I do. Like, just because... You know, it's not something I should probably say, but I, I think you can say a little vaguely. The Ace Attorney series in Japan, A, they charge a shitload of money for Ace Attorney games. I remember when, like, Dual Destinies came out. Like, this is a 60 to 70 $80 game with, like, a $100 limited edition. So, like, it's a niche game, but they charge niche prices. America doesn't do that so much yet. You don't... Yeah, this game's only going to get this only game's only going to be bought by like 20,000 people. Let's charge $100 for it. We don't do that. People won't stand right. for that in America yet. Two, the Ace Attorney series kind of coincides with rampant piracy on Game Boy and uh, DS and huh. the the Advance and, and and DS. And at the time, the fan base wasn't accepting of the series anywhere else but Nintendo Portable. But as we've seen like Ace Attorney can kind of go anywhere. It it can go to Steam. It can go to Switch. It can go to uh, iOS. It can go to Android. It can and, go to hell as far as I'm it concerned. It can go to Victorian era London and uh, Japan. Oh, trust me. It was my job to feel the fact that tens of thousands of people considered that a, an egregious act worse than the Holocaust that a Ace Attorney game not go to any, go to anything else but a fucking Nintendo platform. What a fucking hmm. nightmare that I'm glad I don't have to deal with. <laughs> Internet fans about um, games, but but just like like a bunch of people who love Ace Attorney so much, they think it's much larger in America than it is. And then Nintendo has all these weird restrictions of how many you can't do a limited re- physical release on an, on a Nintendo platform at that time. Uh, other yeah. than digitally. Right. I, I have well, to point out, we're like 20 or 30 minutes into this segment and, uh, the, you know, number five, and we still have not said what the name of the game is yet. I don't know what the name oh, of the game is. This is this I just is remember, the- I remember this, I remember the fan base making my fucking world a nightmare about games not brought here, and then you hear like, oh, Japan's making this, yeah, and it's name. never <laughs> coming here, and like, God damn it! <laughs> don't announce any more Ace Attorney games them. I have to apologize for. If you, but if you say its name, it'll summon them. Maybe we should. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's this, this was released here as Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Was mm-hmm. originally known as Daigyakuten Saiban in Japan when it mm-hmm. came out on 3DS in 2015. Mm-hmm. There was a sequel in 2017, uh, and then there it, it was one of those games. that's like this is so incredibly Japanese; they're never gonna localize it. And I was like seeing forum threads from like 2018 being like oh man no this this would be i really want this to come out but it's never gonna and then it finally did last year 2021 both of the games were released as great ace attorney chronicles on switch and pc they are 3d takes on the ace attorney formula but with the ancestor of phoenix Wright, uh ryunosuke naruhodo uh who is he, he's just like, he's not really a lawyer. He's like the friend of a really promising law student. And his friend gets murdered and he gets framed. And then he's like, I'm going to take up his mantle and become an attorney in London for some reason. That sounds like a Twitter lawyer. I'm fr- I'm the friends of a law student. So I know everything about, yes. about law at yes. this point. You guys know the reason this took so long to come out here? It, it had to do with Sherlock Holmes, right? Well, 
No, I mean that's probably the real reason. Mine yeah, was give me the, be joke. the joke <laughs> reason. The, the, no. the joke reason was because the uh, the great grape ape attorney chronicles was already mm. taken, and they were afraid of the copyright yes. strike. They didn't want to. They didn't want to incur the wrath of Hanna Barbera and the grape ape chronicles. No, but have you seen how big that gorilla is? I mean, that's terrifying. God, I good, knew that joke would land with show. a very limited audience. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there there was this character. In less than five seconds from now, I will reveal the killer to you. D- don't be absurd. This is murder. I need cabin locked from inside. Ah, yes, the locked room. But that mystery is paper thin. You, you don't mean the culprit is in there? Hmm. Who, who are you? And where have you come from? I'm a great British consultant detective, the only one in the world. Herlock shows. I presume <laughs> you must have heard of me. Okay, so what I, as I remember it, uh, the issue was that Sherlock Holmes is public domain outside yes. of the U.S., but not public domain in the U.S. There's there's that part of it, and then um, what's his name? Uh, uh Conan Doyle O'Brien. Yes. Um, he, <laughs> he uh, like he were he, he killed Sherlock Holmes, retired. And then came back to the character, and like that later work is still in the public domain. So mm-hmm. like all the old classic stuff is very public domain, but he very intentionally went back not to violate copyright, just how the U.S. deals with copyright. And yeah, mm-hmm. like I'm guessing other countries probably have a much longer, uh, could have a much longer copyright. I can't imagine on Sherlock Holmes. So it's been over a fucking hundred years. How much? How so- many? How much of his lying needs to profit I, off of I feel work? like there is there are so many parodies of Sherlock Holmes yeah. out there. Like yeah. I, well, I, I I am not a hundred percent convinced that the character is not public domain in the US, but well, it was probably Yeah, just so safe. now my question have like having heard this is did the did the copyright expire or was Calling yes. him Herlock Sholmes, the stroke of brilliance that the, the game yeah. needed. To well, get well I think I think also like <laughs> it's very clear that this character is a parody of Sherlock Holmes. That like right. you know he constantly gets things wrong and you have to correct him. Is that how it was in solution? Japan? Because I I not saying I have any information on this, but I don't think that's how it was pitched. I think they just used his name. I think it was just Sherlock I, Holmes, wasn't it? I'm not saying I was in a meeting where a bunch of people were told. They're making a Sherlock Holmes crossover with Ace Attorney, and everybody, fuck, this is never coming here either, is it? Oh, great, M- more pain. Not saying it was in that meeting, but I might have been. And it was no, it was not Sherlock Holmes. That's but uh, yeah. I but again, I, I wasn't there. And- I wasn't there at all. So, so I just looked this up, uh, and you, you guys are right. The n- nine short stories from the casebook of uh, Sherlock Holmes were written between 1923 and 1927 are still under copyright and will be in public domain next year. I love even when I'm right, I have, to, I have to share it with Greg for some reason. <laughs> like Michael just can't admit to it. Fine, you were right. I've, you were right. I've <laughs> never really understood how like Disney keeps their stuff out of public domain. Is it just if you keep doing new works in no. that they, series? They keep or? lobbying Congress to extend yes. the, uh, the okay. lifespan of because uh, copyrighted work. I'm not sure if we did an episode on that. Mickey Mouse, that if, if you keep seeing all that clickbait, who's going to be in the public domain? I'm like, no, Steamboat Willie's going to be in the public domain. And with mm-hmm. that character art, people can now do whatever they want, even colorize it. 
But Mickey Mouse is still very much subject to copyright rule, especially the way he looks in the parks and how he looks further. And it's probably why they're going to lean in on his new look as opposed to his old looks to mm. keep that under copyright. Mm. Yeah. That's why Mickey has his first he has his first ride at the theme parks with the show that was canceled <laughs> a while back. Uh, whatever you could. The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse. Great show, by the way. Amazing, mm. amazing, funny show. None of the Mickey shows last that long nowadays. Like in, in really, in the preschool stuff, it, they changed it up. Like, oh, okay. uh, yeah, my kids, my kids were explaining to me. They're like, they're like, I like this version of Mickey Mouse Funhouse better. Before it, there, there was like two versions of that show. One was like Mickey Mouse Funhouse. The other one was yeah. something else, a slight variation. And they explained the differences to me. I and then like, Mickey wow. Mouse, the racist guy who races. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, Dad, no yes. one sings the hot dog song anymore. Oh, we do. We do in this <laughs> our household. We do <laughs> in this house. We sing the. Hot we say dogs the pledge song. of allegiance with the under God line, and <laughs> the hot dogs. We sing the hot dogs. <laughs> as far as localization goes, though, I feel like Ace Attorney has had one of the more complicated yeah. histories. You know, it, it was sort of um, became a laughing stock for a while because of decisions that they made in the earlier games. With I don't remember specifics but it was stuff where they like changed the food from something that was uh, yeah they changed something to hamburgers that obviously wasn't wasn't there a donut thing that was actually onigiri or something onigiri always become like yeah hamburgers or donuts like a character's holding chopsticks for some reason, and changing the whole setting from Japan to the U.S. <laughs> I love yeah, that. It's... Like, like Americans can't wrap their head around someone I mean, eating that, like non-American. That's food. the beauty that we're dealing with surprised. now. There's enough Ace Attorney fans and cheaper platforms to bring it to that, like localizing the stuff, won't be not a problem because it is a huge deal. And Greg and I have yeah. both worked with the people who localized Ace Attorney. It is like it's not something taken lightly, but it's not as expensive because it's not lined up to proprietary Nintendo cartridge anymore. It can go so many places and, and mm-hmm. reach so many people now. It's not as much of an issue, but it always yeah. was kind of a niche thing that even I, as a fan, I'm always like, that's enough. I don't need more of these visual novels where I, oh, you're a lawyer who can't do anything ever. <laughs> <laughs> ever. Well, it's, I think that this series really illustrates it like more than a lot of other series uh like one of the big uh challenges of localization is uh how much do you change in the name of like appealing to a different yes uh territory because uh what they essentially did with the early games was uh like create a foundation of lies that they then had to feed <laughs> for the rest of the series yeah. they changed his name they changed the, the country where it's set uh uh and then, like, lots of little minor details, and the longer the series goes on, the more that can disrupt. It's it's the, a, it's a know, dated, it's, if, and, and I love thinking about this, because it's nice to think about another country's perception of us when they're making things for us. That Americans won't accept something too culturally different, too Japanese. Yeah. This has to reach a mass audience, where I think now we're, I don't know this for a fact, but where, where Capcom is with Ace Attorney, like, this might never reach a mass audience, but we have fans. And they, they're not afraid of Japanese things, and we don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's a little bit of irony in, the, in that the latest game in the series is, is, is going back to the Meiji Restoration, which is this very specific time in uh, Japanese history. On the one hand, it's when they started sort of modernizing and westernizing in a lot of ways. 
so it's maybe more relatable Mm -hmm. than like feudal japan to a western audience but it's also like if you didn't study japanese history you might be a little lost but they're they i think they've pretty much preserved that aspect of the series and the localization what they haven't preserved is sherlock holmes (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're right also he he was sherlock holmes in the original japanese version so this is a way of but did he have the did he have the opium addiction? Probably not. So not mm. the real Sherlock Holmes. Well, they, it sounds like they made him kind of a bumbling oaf. Uh, a little bit. Which is... Like, he's not, still a parody yeah. of the character. It's just... Yeah. But, but, but less of an Sherlock asshole, spectrum guy than the modern mm. narrations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Chris, I think you honestly solved the mystery of our entire top five of why these never came over. And it's what you mentioned is, before digital... Mm-hmm. There were minimum costs yes. to bring oh, yeah. a thing out on platforms and print them in physical yes. versions, right? That, and that I, factors heavily into one of I our probably shouldn't even say that, but then like a big, we wanted a Nintendo system in physical, never digital. And like the numbers Nintendo was charging for those cartridges and the uh, minimum order that they wanted was insane and guaranteed a lot of games would fail unless they came in to help with marketing costs, which they didn't always do. But it, it, yeah. it was... Yeah, it was it was a tough situation, and it was. I mean, outside of just like the Nintendo cartridge order, I'm even talking about there's minimums. You you can't you know pay people to put games on a truck yeah. if there's only a certain quantity, right? Yeah. Like you you kind of have right. to have a minimum business before you're like, okay, this is worth doing at all, right? Yeah. Versus with digital, now really it's just the the cogs there. The cost of goods sold is is really like okay, what is this localization going to cost us? Because it's it is you know way less expensive to just yeah get it done and, and for the record digitally. i i yeah. speculate and uh i i have i've seen I, I i guess you could say i'd seen harder numbers on ace attorney than most people uh i think it was i think a lot of fans pirated the game and like so yeah. all, and all the company had to go off was with sales numbers and they were really low and then we go over to our forum like look at there are more views on this thread than this game sold <laughs> so, yeah. so I mean, people also probably don't fully appreciate how big a difference there was in the install base in Japan for the DS. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it was insane before smartphones. Yep, those things sold like smartphones. People that had no interest in video gaming, they they were sold them as the accessories. Like this, for, this for much. Do you want like, this to match your purse apps. or your boots? Get a yeah. new one. Get a get a new eighty. Here's an eighty dollar version that's purple with and, yeah. and glimmer. We saw a little bit of that over in the West with like you know, Liv Tyler was doing ads for mm-hmm. for the DS. They it kept became trying. A, Beyonce had an ad. Yeah, it became a bit of a lifestyle brand, but nowhere near. And part of that reason is is you know, Japanese commuter culture. Oh, it's yeah. like you're you're yeah. hopping on a train to get to work oh, as opposed sure, to yeah. driving everywhere like you do in the states, where it's like yeah, we have something to do. And like Greg said before, smartphones. It's like all right, I'm just gonna pop up my DS and. You know, do whatever, like yep. read a visual novel or whatever, you know. Yep. And uh, speaking of DS, it's worth noting that like every, it seems like every Ace Attorney that gets delayed in its localization, like gets delayed long enough to skip a platform generation. Like yeah. mm-hmm. the original Gakuten Saiban Turnabout Courtroom, whatever you want to call it, debuted in 2001 for Game Boy Advance. It did not come to the U.S. The until DS? 2005, and it took so long that it became a DS game. And they added like a DS specific uh, 
chapter where like oh mm-hmm. now you use the touch screen and like you turn 3d objects around it, it's and, crazy to think about ace attorney mm-hmm. is not a touch screen game because that's yeah. never how ha- I've, I've ever played it personally you know what that's called when you hold off that climax of finally getting that version of the game please edgeworthy <laughs> it's called edgeworthy ah, <laughs> all right i did not expect that god damn um <laughs> Oh, what I got and fired yes. for that on the Twitter uh, <laughs> ten years ago. Uh, yeah, Quick, yeah, but that, joke that's, about Dick Gumshoe. I think I said it last week. The GBA was the only the first platform I remember where like the emulator was working simultaneously with like the proliferance of that platform. So I think it was really easy yeah. to steal <clears throat> right. the original Ace Attorney, mm. and uh, a lot of people did. Speaking, I of, know a uh, lot of you did. <laughs> I just know it. Yeah, yeah. I had the R four for a while when I was teaching. I in did too. Japan. Um, so I, you, you, I'm sure you remember this, Chris. This mm-hmm. is the worst thing I think I've ever witnessed a fan do uh, during my time at Capcom or before or after. My whole life uh, <laughs> is you know there there <laughs> the. There, it was just this little pocket of people that were always on us about localizing Miles Edgeworth, yep. and one of them uh, ended up uh, leaving a voicemail with our VP of marketing posing as the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Oh my god. And he did that so that the VP would call him back, and so that he could yell at him personally about localizing <laughs> Ace Attorney. Yeah. And then he bragged about it on the forum. Yep. As, as though everyone, this, as though this would resonate with the other fans. <laughs> but what's your what's your end game there? Like, okay, clever ruse to get him on the phone. But then, okay, so I'm just gonna yell at him. Yeah, that that that'll make it happen. The, and then the he's guy, gonna hang up. <laughs> the guy who has almost no influence over whether or not a thing actually comes to the right. states. I'm gonna yell at him. Yes. The U.S. head of uh, vice president of marketing. You're just gonna you know. call him was up that, and go. Objection. Was that the same that, guy who put the English who accent? Put our Vice President's the picture satellite pictures of his home up on uh, Reddit in the forum, and it was a strange t- time uh, to be working there oh, for I real. Over Ace yeah, Attorney, I mean, over fucking Ace Attorney. It, it, that's like I don't say this lightly. Understand that, but that's where I draw a line and say, just learn Japanese. <laughs> if you're going to pose as Make a Wish Foundation, <laughs> I, I, I I only got one of those harassing phone calls because I, I like. Our, Save our, your soul. Our, our numbers were sort of random, and I remember I got a phone call, and it's like my third week at Capcom, and it's just like pick, bring, bring. Wow, my phone never fucking rings. Nobody, nobody ever uses these things. We could have thrown all of our phones out. Um, mm-hmm. It's usually only HR, and you're in trouble. Uh, yep. <laughs> and and, and I, hello, he's like, what the fuck, man? Make make beautiful Joe three. I'm like, oh man, beautiful Joe, awesome. He's like, give. Yeah, it is good. And like, no, no, it's beyond good, man. It's really good. Like, yeah. You, did you outfan him? So yeah, you I, I was like, I was like, yeah, dude, I got this. I, uh, I found this beautiful Joe figure in the warehouse. Uh, can I send this picture to you? And he was like, okay, but yeah, but and, and and you know, you know what you should also do? You should release more games on Wii U. And like, funny you mentioned that. We got a game coming out on Wii U next week. This is the most precise marketing i've ever done and it's completely <laughs> your fault but <laughs> monster hunter 3 come, uh monster hunter 3 ultimate comes out in wii u next week so glad you called me for no reason <laughs> to yell at me handle it like a pro i, I oh, didn't man. mean to but like uh yeah yeah 
very strange you place. You should have just been. been like totally controlling. Like, no, no, that game sucks. We hate that game here. I no more beautiful Joe forever. N- never say that about beautiful Joe. It's such a great game. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Not even we should move on. This is it was, yeah. <laughs> we we really should. Um, let's jump ahead to number four. Breakdown. Fuck the that breakdown. major key version of I forget is that Vampire Killer or Bloody Tears? One oh. of the Castlevania songs. Oh. Um, who? Yes. Who knows what this is? Well, I do now. Be, yeah. Kid Dracula, right? Yes, it's Kid Dracula, the Famicom version, which is a distinct and different game from the Game Boy version that did come to the U.S. in. 1993. This one was released in 1990 on Famicom. Came out in 2019, 29 years later, as part of the Castlevania Anniversary Collection with like an official localization. There'd been fan localizations before, uh, and it is a very weird game. Have have you guys played it at all? Sadly, not yet. Even though I have that collection, mm. I always I own the collection, and yeah, it didn't didn't run I mean, immediately. It's like just knowing I had it and had access to it seemed like good enough. Like I didn't <laughs> want to ruin it. I didn't want to play mm-hmm, it and be like, mm-hmm. oh man, that wasn't worth waiting for. <laughs> well, yeah, Kid Dracula. It's one of those things. It's like it's sort of canon and it's sort of not. Like there are elements that exist are clear in Castlevania lore, like. It's, you know, Kid Dracula is supposed to be like Alucard's adventures when he's a little kid. And he called himself Kid Dracula. And his caretaker is the Grim Reaper who works for his dad. And is basically like the family butler. And you can kind of see some of that relationship in, like, Symphony of the Night when he, like, confronts the Grim Reaper near the beginning of that game. And Death's like, oh, you rebellious son finally came home. Are you ready to join your father or what? And, uh, so, so we have to play Kid yeah. Dracula to fully get what's going on. Yes. In Symphony. Is yeah. that, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you yeah. don't. It's it's, it's a, actually Kid Alucard. It, it should be, yeah. But it's you know Kid Dracula for whatever reason plays more like a Mega Man game than a Castlevania game, and and like you know watching especially later levels, it's like this is like Konami just doing their own Mega Man. Uh, so like, then, is there anything to actually translate? What are they? There's some like cutscenes where like it's showing him getting new power ups and interstitials where you have to compete in different mini games, and there is dialogue where, for example, uh, you have to in one stage, and this is why I say it's definitely not canon. It's a parody of New York, and you have to fight a chibi version of the Statue of Liberty. Who invites you on her quiz show where everyone's wearing <laughs> Uncle Sam hats? And you have to answer questions like, What country do I live in? <laughs> what country did I come from? Stuff like that. So the, the timeline's a little scrambled here then. <laughs> this, this is before <laughs> Symphony of the Night, but after the American Revolution. <laughs> yes, and after the invention of the New York subway. <laughs> Which you right on top of in one level. 
Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very much parody of everything. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like one of those like that was, um that was like Why Why World. Konami loved doing man. I I, I don't yeah. can't think of another studio that like this game is so popular and cool. We're gonna make a parody of it. They make their mm-hmm. own Lego Batman Naked Gun version of a thing. Paro- yeah, Parodius. Parodius. Yeah, Parodius. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, YY World combined a bunch of different Konami properties. Uh, and what was the... I think, yeah, Goemon eventually became a parody of itself. Mm-hmm. Like, it started out semi-serious, like, based on, like, old ukiyo-e prints of Goemon, and then it just uh, got ridiculous. Contra kind of also did. Mm. It's just like... Yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah, Contra yeah, yeah. Hardcore has a parody of Castlevania in it. It does? Like That's a secret, true, yeah, yeah. there's, like, a secret boss fight that, it, like, ends the game early. Yeah, but... Yeah, 29 years is a long time to wait for a localized <laughs> version of a game where people yeah. don't really talk that much. And like, right. oh, well, I, I need to know if if I'm getting, uh, what is it, like, Garapon, the the uh, lottery tumbler thing minigame, or I have to watch a Can-Can thing, or... Did it, uh, did it only come here in, like, a compilation? Yes, it was in the Castlevania Anniversary Collection in 2019. Yeah. Mm. And and yeah, I had to check. Like, I, this came out before, right? Nope, never did. Just on Game Boy. Yeah, and, and the it, Game Boy version is like a sequel slash. That's a, another thing that's giving us magic. Uh, the terms of the, being able to easy, easily bring uh, games from former platforms into collections. Uh, mm-hmm. I hope that happens more often because there's so many weird yeah. Konami things we never got. Uh, that it. Oh. Well, it's. It, I mean, I don't get them anymore. You know, it's weird that they did this because that yeah, collection right. also just has the Japanese versions of a bunch of Castlevania games. Mm-hmm. So they could have easily just included the Japanese yeah. version and called it a day, and people probably would have still been happy. And it's not like you. Like it sounds like you're not really missing out on anything of major substance, right? It's just like flavor text and some um, extra yeah. blood. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, it's like. The the narrative is that Konami has basically pulled out of the games industry all all but entirely. They still make so a soccer like, game oh. I can't remember the name of anymore. You you just wait for the news segment this week, <laughs> Greg. I'll just say uh, that. But that's like when when you see games like Parodius and Kid Dracula, like this is a company that was very proud of what it made and wanted to keep it that thought it resonated so well with the culture that they would understand a parody of it. To where we are now, we're like, where's Konami? Where yeah. are you at all? Yeah. Why aren't you making stuff? Yeah. Why aren't, why but then they'll go do out on Metal weird Gear stuff like that Getsu Fumaden reboot, mm. which is like the most uh, hardcore niche property they could possibly reboot. I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, me either. <laughs> it's, it's like a 2D. It's kind of like a Castlevania, except it's more Japanese-y, I guess. They just, there's, there's a new one. <laughs> all right. Um... <laughs> Taking the world by storm. Yeah, clearly. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Kid Dracula, it's pretty great. It's only available in the U.S. on that anniversary collection, so go get that. Which is regularly on sale for like $5, so go get It's a great collection. That and the Contra one are both worth getting. It's one of the few games like, eh, I want this on my Switch, too. I'll pay the 5 bucks. I was a little resentful because I bought that, and then I guess it was, what, a year ago, whenever the, the... other collection they did which just had symphony of the night and then dracula x on mm. it and i'm like because that was i think dracula x is like the one thing that wasn't part of that collection that i really wanted mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. yeah rondo of blood rondo of blood yeah you gotta you gotta get them both mm-hmm. so. yeah but uh anyway so this this was one where it's like well they had to do the localization for the collection like i don't think it existed before as opposed to this one number three 
And there's a bunch of overworld exploration and dialogue in which game? Oh, is this um oh, is this Trials of Mana? No. no. It's got to no. be Earthbound. Yes, this is Earthbound okay. Beginnings. I heard I heard RPG text in there, so I was like, yes. Right. Well, there's yeah. a, a familiar I'm more familiar with Earthbound soundtrack than I am mm. The, mm. most of the game. Uh because I've listened to it a lot. Just don't I'm tell not, the Beatles uh, that. Uh, uh, or the Beach Boys or whoever the else they were sapling. <laughs> Can you translate what I'm saying right now? They took your music, Paul. They made it digital and weird and scandalous. And <laughs> so this is one. It was uh, released in 1989 for the Famicom. Released as Beginnings on Wii U in 2015. Fin- and what is interesting about this is that they did not have to do a new localization for it because they did the localization in 1990. It was apparently completed in September of 1990. Uh, Nintendo was going to release it, Mm -hmm. and then it got into marketing's hands, and marketing was like, what do we do with this? We've got the Super Nintendo coming. Uh, It doesn't make a lot of sense for us to do this right now i'm not sure that we can produce it it's going to be expensive let's push it and they delayed it and then eventually it was canceled and part of the reason it was canceled might have been that it came with an 80 page instruction booklet and if the game was going to be published in canada that would have to be a 160 page instruction booklet because everything would have to be translated into french Uh. as well Speaking uh, of which, like, I so obviously never saw this in my local blockbuster, but I always saw, you know, its follow up, Earthbound. And I mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. wondered as a kid, why the fuck is that box so yeah. huge? Like, because, you, know, you know, they didn't have a smaller box for Earthbound. I'm like, what? what's going on with that game that the box is four times the size of every other if Super Nintendo I'm going to buy this box? fucking game, it better have a mouse like Mario Paint. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, yeah, they, um, if you do play either of those games the manuals are sort of required reading for a lot of this stuff like like an, like so, an old pc game yeah yeah you can't you can't yeah. ship that game without that manual and the internet didn't really exist in right. a great That's form true. at the time so you couldn't like direct people to a site like hey go look this up not happening it seems yeah it seems like that was a style of, of game for a while like i've tried to get into fantasy star 2 a while back and that used to come with a big book too and it was like yeah this game is impenetrable without the book <laughs> oh, can you imagine having so limited memory you couldn't put more text in the game yeah <laughs> yeah, know, <right>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so well, what's this, the sorry go ahead uh, well i mean this game was created by uh, shigesato itoi who mm-hmm. apparently he like pitched it to Nintendo when he was like doing temp work for them as a copywriter like for ads mm-hmm. and they're like yeah we like this idea go make it and he's like what do you mean make it yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the story again I'm not a huge earthbound I hate talking about it because how little I feel like I know but like he was a video game outsider yeah which is why it's so weird it's why like if you think about a RPG in that style that is set in our world in the modern day it just hadn't ever happened before and it still sort of doesn't happen very often, uh, but yeah, it was it was it was interesting. I still, I don't know. Again, we streamed this once, and I thought it was not a good game. Yeah, well, I think I think the that's kind of the general consensus that it's like this is like the prototype for what Earthbound could be. Yes. Like, so this was originally mm-hmm. released as Mother in Japan, and I think there's there's a bit of dialogue in there that. I would imagine is probably in both versions where somebody says like, uh, yeah, so 
you know, I found this game, this, this game called Earthbound, and like, what does that name even mean? I don't know, but maybe it doesn't matter. And just like you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, you shouldn't judge a game by its title. Um, even though that's all we had before the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I can think of is like, oh, it was called Mother because uh, some of the hippie enemies say like, your mother is calling you. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was a failed Danzig partnership. Could be. Could be. I feel but, like it immediately lends more gravity to to the game just because it sounds like there's some subtext about like your relationship with your mother that's mm. like dipping into the creator like that's how i feel when i play those games i'm like okay i gotta like really pay attention when anything with your mom happens because obviously that's but who knows maybe it's just is it like mothership related could be could be isn't the ending aliens. to mother three does doesn't it involve like aborting a fetus or something uh yeah, that's, yeah, that's so, just well, mother three is like they do do that I don't, I don't know about the fetus part but isn't there like doesn't your i don't want to spoil it but i feel like there is some heavy free, stuff with your mom and don't worry about spoiling yeah. the game from 94 <laughs> greg they had their chance <laughs> that we can't well, mother, mother, mother three i don't know i know i know earthbound there is a, a fan theory that the final boss is that you are aborting the boss. Like, you travel back in time to fight the boss in utero. And right. so you're basically performing an abortion. Um, Which would, would have been illegal by now anyway in, like, 13 states. So Yeah, true, true. You I mean, the, the key, Chris, is you got to leave it You got to leave it up to the planet and, or the state. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How did we get here? I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is like again. It's, this is sort of the template for what Earthbound could become. Like the the humor isn't as sharp, the gameplay isn't as compelling. There's I weird found it shit super, like super super repetitive. Where like yeah. I cannot believe this is a classic in anybody's eyes. It it was just it was so dull when we. I don't could, I don't think Earthbound fans consider Mother One right. a classic. I I think they they all view it like Michael said. It's like ah, it's a, sort of a prototype that like yeah. Earthbound actually I mean, makes a good version of that. There, there are some obtuse puzzles in there, like, for example, uh, in order to get the basement key in the early parts of the game to uh, to your own house, you have to go outside, <laughs> talk to your dog, find out, hey, you can talk to animals, and the dog says, like, why don't you check me out? And then you use the check command, and it's like, oh, the basement key is in the dog's collar. Okay. Nah. Uh, it was just weird shit like that. You might not know to do that, and you might wander around lost if you don't try talking to your dog. It's in that eighty-page manual mm-hmm. that probably your, your kid is. brother probably ruined. And there, you know, there are two kinds of gamers: those who don't try talking to their dog, and those who do. Yeah, yeah. And I that talk should be to the, the next big com. social media. That's uh, the, yeah. That's the <laughs> next big social media craze. Yeah, and, instead and, of getting you pet the dog, this is also another example of how. Uh, uh, it wasn't impossible for Nintendo to release this, so they did. And you open it up, and it, it changes. What had never been changed was that Earthbound Beginnings logo. That is a new thing added to that mm. game, which was something we'll have to redevelop everything to put that kind of sprite in there. And like, nah, not really. There's there's easier ways to do that as we move forward. However, in typical Nintendo fashion, where's this game now? <laughs> It's on Switch. Is it on Switch? Yeah. Oh, it is on Switch. I thought it wasn't. Uh, Where? In the the Switch Online? You you know the the NES game app? Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, it's in that. Yeah, it's in there. It's in there. But again, I I was ready to have my mind blown when Dave was the big Earthbound fan. He's like, holy shit, they're pulling open the arc and we're going to get to play this for the first time. And I was so underwhelmed. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. 
And just like the guys in Indiana Jones, when you finally pull open the arc, yeah, my, fucking melt my face, face got younger and prettier as I watched this dull, dull game. It didn't melt anything. Yeah, but it was originally going to be called Earthbound when it when it was being localized, and yeah, now it's Earthbound Beginnings. Or bad, bad. I think there was a, a ROM floating around for a few years as Earthbound Zero, that was uh, yeah. based off the localization. So it was you know it was out there already, sort of, just not officially. It is remarkable that this, they still thought that the the old script was up to snuff, you know? You said 89? Mm-hmm. Well, it came out in 89. It was localized in 90. In 90? So, yeah. That's a while ago. Nothing's changed in 30 years. It's yeah, I'll go out and find the key after I finish watching well, Michael Dukakis' speech. Well, that's the benefit of set in America, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, spot just, on, I'm sure. For whatever reason, they keep saying, like, no one would ever do anything on 9-11. <laughs> I don't know, 90, 1990s humor, whatever. Um, anyway, that fell flat. Holy shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta pick your 9-11 jokes carefully, Michael. I've warned you before. <laughs> My personal stray is out here yelling at me. Oh, dear. All right. Well, let's get to our number two. So we can talk about stray that much more quickly. What game is this? It's like I'm fighting monsters. Piccolo in the hero. I don't know what, what <laughs> name is this. You see, hear the difference between what we just were listening to and Super Nintendo music, mm. Matt. Uh huh. What yeah. game is a lot more xylophone? Is this is this the Trials of yes, Mana? Yes, Trials of Mana. Okay. So, aka Seiken Densetsu Three. Yeah, this is the Trials of Mana I didn't play because I played the recent remake, which yeah. was a great game, glorious yeah. game, one of my games of the year. This this got a, a remake in 2020 as Trials of Mana. Um, it was originally released in 1995 for Super Famicom, the sequel to the game that we know here as Secret of Mana. I'm still not entirely sure why this was never translated. It might have had something to do with the N64 coming out and the amount of time it would have taken to localize it. But uh, we got it in 2019 in its original form as part of the collection of Mana when mm-hmm. that came to Switch. And uh, so now, yeah, everybody can play it. And it almost immediately got overshadowed by the remake, which came out, I think, maybe like oh, less weird. than six months after that. Yeah, it was It was almost the, like they were using the original remake to promote yeah. the, 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 the upcoming yeah, remake, and- which is totally different style, right? Like Because the, the remake, the 2020 remake is like, super fast-paced action combat game. I mean, the original was also pretty fast-paced action combat. But one was 3D and one was Yeah. yeah. No, no 3D um, and not, not nearly as fast as... Like, just listening to those sound effects, you kind of gauge like, oh yeah, yeah that's that's that was yeah. action RPGs back then. The yeah. remake also had some extremely questionable voice acting. You okay? Ooh. I'm sorry. Oh, this is Nick's fault. He's toast when I get back. Uh, I'll go. You stay. It's night, so sleep, okay? Wow. It's a good thing I landed on a nice person last night. What? What'd you land on? A nice person. Quake. Way like quiz. What do you think of that voiceover? Uh, I th- no bueno. I, think I thought I taught a putty tail. What I'm about to do is going to land me in jail. 
You need to go to the bathroom <laughs> for like two minutes, guys. Hold on to the shirt. No, I, I, no, that's 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 all. Oh, oh. sorry. <laughs> I I, we're I, just I, telling you, she actually had to go to the bathroom. I'm like, go no, ahead, no, man. No, like, you know. I picked that clip specifically because those two characters are like. They have the worst or, the or worst. most annoying deliveries I, of, of voice over in the game. To the point where I never considered including them in my party because mm-hmm. I heard how annoying that voice yeah. was. I was like, I don't care if this is the most OP broken character in the game. <laughs> Absolutely fucking not. Yeah. Not, but not well, you, you have Charlotte who cannot pronounce her Charlotte. own name. Yes, yeah, so it always says it's Charlotte because uh, she pronounces everything like Elmo Fudd. And then there's I, I forget the name of the the other guy. He's he's like the beast kid, Kevin. His dialogue seems beast to be kid. written so that like you know he he's supposed to be talking like Frankenstein, where he you know leaves out certain words and yeah. his his English is a bit stilted. But uh, for whatever reason, rather than play it off as like a you know I'm a beast man thing, I don't speak in complete sentences. It always sounds like I'm very nervous right now. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not great. <laughs> he sounds like a. He sounds like the kid in the wheelchair in Malcolm in the Middle. That's sure. a reference for no one. All right. <laughs> I remember the kid. Nobody remembers Malcolm in the Good Middle. Show. Even yeah. he doesn't. Who was the dad on that? He should be in more stuff. Yeah, he should be in the show. Are you not getting a bunch of targeted Frankie Muniz exclusive Walmart flavors of Sunkist ads? Not like at all. No! Not at all. Yeah, that's uh, that's too specific for me to have made up as a joke. It's very much happening. Wow. Okay. So Charles Amana, um, <laughs> Which I pretty seen. pretty interesting approach where you had I think uh, was it six different characters, and something like that. Yeah, you, and you, like recruit your party. You can't get all of them. Yeah, though, you right? you pick three of them, and yeah, then yeah. Uh, you will play through their stories, and every single one of their stories ends with this music. It's like, you know, you, you play as a chapter, uh, you play through a chapter of their story that, you know, tells the beginnings and then they, it always ends with that bit. It's like, going on a journey, we're traveling by ship somewhere. And, uh, yeah. That's and, some of the most SNES music I've ever heard, I think. Yeah. It's extremely SNES. Extremely. But, SNES. And, yeah. and uh, it was one of those, I think it was multiplayer, like once you had recruited three characters, like two characters could join you with a multi-pit tap and control the other two. Yeah, guys, just sit uh, through cool. another 15 hours of gameplay, and then I'll plug in the multi-tap and you can play with me. Just hold <laughs> yeah, on. Sure, just sure. just, yeah, just wait. Fine. Be patient. It's, it's going to be worth it, I promise. You'll get your turn. You'll get to play Sorry, I had to import chapter. this. We can't read any of the text, no, by the way. Just keep skipping through. But yeah, this was a fun one. But clearly, it was not as fun as our... I mean, should be obvious from the sound effect. Uh, wait, I'm going blank. Sounds like Konami or Hudson Soft. Yeah. Or Sunsoft, I mean. Sunsoft, I mean. Well, Konami. It is Konami. Uh, 
I know what it is. Kid Dracula. I, I know what it is, but I forget the actual <laughs> name. So it's 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 a Solid Snake game. Yes. Is this oh, Metal yes. Gear Two? You said half the title right there. Metal Gear Solid Two. No, nope. it's not Metal Gear Solid Two. It's Metal Gear Two Solid Snake. Yes, that, exactly. Right. Metal Gear Two Solid Snake, the real sequel to the original Metal Gear. Uh, mm. Originally put out for the MSX Two in 1990. A console that i think was only released in japan and europe and uh then in 2006 we got it for playstation 2 included in metal gear solid 3 subsistence Mm -hmm. that they they included remasters and relocalizations of metal gear the the msx2 versions of metal gear and metal gear 2 which we had never had in the u.s before and we'd had metal gear for the nes but it's a different game than the msx version now, yeah. remind me, this is the one Kojima actually worked on, right? Yes. Not yeah. the... Yes. Okay. So, what I've heard, it's basically Metal Gear Solid before Metal Gear Solid, right? Yes. Like, so a lot of the events are retreads. Yes. If you, if there, there's a lot of scenes that get recycled for Metal Gear Solid, like uh, the bit with the, you know, getting jumped in an elevator by, like, four dudes and, like, wow. that you didn't know were there and then all of a sudden they appear. In, in Metal Gear Solid, it's just like... Oh, your your elevator's over its weight limit. That's weird. Hey, I'm reading heat signatures. There's like four guys standing around you in oct- optical camouflage. And then this one's just like, we're the four horsemen. We appeared out of nowhere to kick your ass. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, if you if you play one having played the other, you can kind of see like, oh, there's all these little echoes. Metal Gear Solid is in a lot of ways a remake of Metal Gear 2 in, in at the same time that it's a sequel that like, oh, these events are canon. But we're retreading them in in different ways, mm-hmm. which they basically kept doing throughout the series, right? Every every oh, sequel is sort sure. of a retread, a little bit, yeah, yeah. Up until like five, which is two. like here's just a big open world, yeah. go nuts. But it's not confusing at all. It's totally easy to keep track of events and characters. Mm-hmm. So yep. here's a question: which one? Which game did you guys, assuming you played both of these, which game did you prefer? Metal Gear Two Solid Snake. Or the unofficial sequel that now Kojima doesn't recognize, Snake's Revenge. Snake's Revenge. Revenge. All the way. <laughs> All the way. Yeah. Well, Snake's Revenge is, is like... So, I think the, the thinking with that one was, it's like, so the NES version of Metal Gear, which is the dumb version, is really popular in America. So I guess Americans like dumb games. So let's give them a dumb game. Well, it's not... It's called it's, Snake's Revenge. It's not just that it was popular in America. I would imagine... It probably outsold or came close to outselling whatever the MSX version did. Oh, the probably. much larger, well, audio. probably just on platforms alone. Yeah. You know, like MSX, MSX didn't have a ton of market penetration mm-hmm. compared. It with does. Like I was going to say, it seems like they signed a deal with the devil, but then when I think about it, it was just Konami, <laughs> just Konami putting out a bunch of exclusive MSX stuff. Hmm. Never seen I'm still an. I'm not even sure what an MSX right. is. Is it a console? It's a co- computer, right? Yeah. It's it's. Like, I think it's like you know both. It's Japanese like Atari ST. Yeah, I think it's meant to be almost like a Tandy, where it's like a computer that is optimized to play games, where they oh, just yeah. kind of work if you put them in there. It's too. Uh, yeah, yeah. like an FM Towns Marty Two, but gives you cancer. <laughs> oh yeah. man. Uh, but Metal Gear Two, like it was, it was really cool to be able to play this uh, for yep. the first time in, in 2006 and get to see all the the neat stuff that had been hiding all these years, uh, like uh, being able to uh, distract guards by punching walls and then stealth killing them while they're you know they've got question marks over their head. It's like, huh, what's that over there? 
this may have also been the origin of like hiding under a box or a bucket. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. It'll but the, re- the reason this never yeah. came over was was kind of it makes sense. It's it's kind of what we were talking about with the MSX though. Like it was already translated, but like or I'm sorry, it just didn't get translated because. Konami was scaling back sales on that platform, saying, like, hey, this isn't really worth making games for this system anymore, so mm. there's sort of no reason to keep going with this thing. Yeah. That could be. Well, also, there's a little spoiler for this. There is a joke in there that it's like, this is so proprietary to the, the MSX that... So the, the guy that you're supposed to rescue is Dr. Keo Marv. And at the end of the game, you find out that Keo Marv is actually VRAM 10K, an anagram for it. Wow. And which is like, the MSX2 boasts 10K of VRAM. Uh, and like, wow, really? You worked this into the... This is part of the story? Right. This is your ending? <laughs> By the way, patreon.com slash say something like the- need just 10k of ram to keep the show going <laughs> i thought like one of the bosses was going to be like so you like undead line do you i'm guessing that's an msx game you just that is an up. msx game it's very specific <laughs> msx show. i had to look that up mm-hmm. that's, that's how fast i move around here yeah also interesting the, the localization wasn't the only thing that changed when we got it on you know in, in the ps2 version they also changed all the character portraits Probably because a lot of them were legally actionable. Like, if you see the original <laughs> character portraits, they are clearly, like, you know how uh, the, the cover of the first game is just, that's Michael Bean in Terminator mm-hmm. with, like, different shit drawn on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, this took that to a whole other level where, like, th- that's, Big Boss is a photograph of Sean Connery from Highlander <laughs> with an eye patch drawn on. Uh, <laughs> this version of Solid Snake is clearly Mel Gibson. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like all the all the characters are just like direct copies one. of yeah. yeah. The problem with all yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the anti-Semitic version of Snake. You find Great. love on the battlefield, not unless you smack them every time they get <laughs> line. I mean, he did kill boss, so yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But there's a, there's so like so many people came into the. Metal Gear series with MGS and the game is constantly referencing these MSX games. Yes, especially so, too, like all this yeah. shit about Zanzibar land and like, oh, yeah. Gray Fox and I fought hand to hand in a minefield. Like, what the fuck are you talking yeah, I about? Yeah. I still find it galling. <laughs> Just that like only Mario lightly references games you would have played on six generations ago. And right. it doesn't it's not required yeah. viewing, but Metal Gear Yeah, holy shit. Yeah, everything I've made. Is but also, sacrosanct. like these references, it's making because you're playing these modern games, you're thinking of them in grandiose mm-hmm. scale. And then, like when you see the MSX version, you're like, I mean, I guess he's hand to hand fighting with Gray <laughs> Fox. I can't really tell. <laughs> just take just looks like six it. pixels exploding over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wished they would remake uh, two at least. Greg, there's but, almost nothing yeah. else for Konami to do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that, look forward to it. I mean, they sort of did. It was called Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> it just keeps constantly referencing its own events. True. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Metal Gear Solid 2, like the whole gist of that game is like, oh, we were recreating the events of Metal Gear Solid 1. Uh, yeah. Bit of a spoiler there, too, I guess. Um, and then for, It's almost like the guy has one thing and then mm-hmm. just does that one thing mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And then continually promises he'll leave until... 
Well, yeah, it's like when you keep not wanting to do another one and they keep saying you're going to do another one. Mm -hmm. It kind of makes it... Because it's like, it's interesting about two especially because it's like, well, okay, let's give people more of the same, but also I'll be damned if I'm going to just make the same game again. So this is going to be like a commentary on people who play Metal Gear Solid. Right. And uh, in a way, he kind of sabotaged it at the same time as delivering what people wanted. How do you do that? (laughs) Look, I I don't work for Konami, but if the trailer to the next Metal Gear, whatever it is, doesn't start with, kept you waiting, huh? Um, (laughs) Then what the fuck is that marketing guy even doing? And uh, they should give me his all the jobs. Didn't they do that for Metal Gear Solid 4? I mean, that that line has been in several versions of Metal Gear. It is like a... a meme. Actually, this just came up yesterday to someone I was talking to. I wasn't cognizant of the line at all until four because it, he says it at the end of like a two-hour install, which was my yeah. introduction to PS3 gaming. It's like, oh, this is how it's oh, gonna God. be. God damn mm-hmm. it! I think the character that looks—it's the Hideo Kojima model from Five says it at some point. Like it's uh-huh. something that they they make characters say that line. Hey, you kept so. me waiting. Yeah, something like that. Yes. Anyway, that has been our top five games that took forever to get localized. That kept us waiting, huh? Yeah, it kept it kept us waiting, huh? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So on that note, we've kept you waiting to hear about Stray and other new releases and news and so on. So uh, we're going to take a little break and then we'll get to that. So stay tuned. If it takes forever. Summers, I will wait for you. Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. But I want to talk about good cartoons. Talk I talk about, about a good cartoon, a good yeah. experience, a movie I have seen three times. What? What? I've seen three times. Yeah, I've seen it twice already. Uh, that's Chippendale Rescue. What the fuck? I, I'm supposed to be the, like the diehard here. Jesus Christ. It, it is, I, does seem like a movie custom made for you, though, Chris, because it's like yeah. the sequel to Roger Rabbit. We never it is It is Roger Rabbit, and I, I don't say this with cynicism, it's Roger Rabbit for uh, millennials and Gen Xers. Uh, yeah. and, and, and just because, like, you know, I didn't want to spoil things for Michael. I was just, like, trying to say, like, you're not going to see Mickey. And you're not going to see Donald, really. But, like, dude, there's schnookums in meat in the end credits, for fuck's sake. I don't think that's been acknowledged by Disney in any way ever. But there's, like, they're just, boom, there in the end. It's fucking crazy. It, it, uh, some of those cameos that they got and are the, so, yeah. just Randy Marsh is in a... Randy Marsh is, Randy in Marsh a fucking, is chilling in his sauna. In a, in a sauna room. I was... I, I got... With uh, two of the three little pigs. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our final segment, where we're not going to waste any time knocking things off ledges or hitting the meow button ad infinitum as we go into... (laughs) 
Stray is the game that everybody wants. That's it. That's the What's quote. the deal with this game? I've seen neon lights and a cat, and you, that's all I know. You are a cat. You are a cat. Yeah. Uh, what appears to be post-apocalyptic Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what's not a deal, Greg, is if you uh, are like Chris and I, and you have mm. prepaid for your PlayStation Plus subscription for any amount of time, if you, you try to really upgrade, fucked. holy if shit! If you try to upgrade to temporarily, like temporarily upgrade, so you can play this, um, no, they won't let you do that. You got to pay the full difference up front, and so. I can access this game for quote unquote free for an additional one hundred and fifty dollars because I took advantage of some some like cheap <laughs> PlayStation Plus years. No, 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 no. You could just buy it too for thirty. No, but it's yeah. an but, interesting story no. because like I I was PS Plus came out uh, PlayStation's Game Pass and I wasn't super interested. I'm like I'm gonna wait for something exclusive or something that will motivate me. And then I looked at Stray and it's just like. This covers like eight months of PS Plus for me. Like if I was going to buy Stray separately or put this into PS Plus, I could get Stray Asterix for free and get an additional eight months of PS Plus. But I pay PS Plus annually and I can mm-hmm. only upgrade from there. I can't start over on a new tier. So I sort of right. wanted to like drop the service when I needed it, you know, keep it going when I don't. And Matt's even more fucked because he got all those <laughs> PlayStation Plus gift cards. And I has paid like a up three for 2026 on PlayStation <laughs> Plus. <laughs> so I upgraded for five bucks because mm-hmm. my subscription lapses in September. And I got a $20, $30 game that I wanted to. Pl- I was looking forward to. And that, that felt like a good deal. It was what I was waiting for for PS Plus. So I'm just putting that out there for people who may have been waiting not a bad deal. It like literally covers six months of PS Plus if you're interested in Stray. However, I had to do it annually. Not happy with that. And Stray is a, a really confident indie as far as... Yeah. Have we all played it? Or yeah. Is, is, am I, the only I haven't played it, but I, I want to ask you guys. Was the hype, do you think, based on stuff people had seen? Or was it solely based on Cat Game? I think Cat Game. Drove I think it's most both. of the hype because yeah. it looks really good and it's yeah. a very it's it's wonderful it's a it's an Indian how like silent and atmospheric it is and if you what it was promising like no you will play as a fucking cat and your only powers are what cats can do and it does that it, and it's, yeah. I think so it's what, kind you of can amazing. show people your asshole it does and it doesn't can, uh, oh actually them. no this cat keeps its tail down most of the time it's a what? very polite cat. But yeah, you, you start out the game and you're just like a cat hanging out with other cats in like a culvert somewhere, you know, feral, and uh, you can yeah. like, you know, walk up to him and hit a button and do, do a little cute play thing with another cat. And so you're running around with your cat pack and you fall into a ditch and wind up in a uh, walled city that's populated by robots and uh, these little creatures called, what are they, like Zerks, I think they're called? Like these... Tell me. These creepy like oh they they actually look really cute they're like these little blobs mm-hmm. with like one eye and then they come after you and you start realizing like oh they can swarm and latch onto you and you immediately need to shake them off and flee and then you're in this city that's populated by robots and i think was originally supposed to be like Kowloon Walled City in Hong Kong and it's kind of evolved into its own thing but uh you're in you're in robot slums and these mm-hmm. robots don't really trust you at first, and they realize, like, okay, you're not one of the Zerks, you're probably fine, and so you start wandering around and solving puzzles, and you are guided by 
this robot companion that you meet early on and that like lives in a backpack that you you are you as a cat are not comfortable with wearing the cat a backpack struggles at first. With, yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. The, the, the things you interact with in the beginning are like, do you want to make biscuits on the the rug? We And it's the, one of the better dual sense things I've seen done with the triggers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can you can sharpen your claws on lots of different things and and yeah, it's just like you get great resistance as you're like you're just dragging your claws down. It's a lot of fun. Well, that's cool. Yeah. But it, at, at its core it's a platformer, right? Like this is a um adventure platformer, I guess. Semi open world. You got to solve puzzles to, yeah. to traverse the city at all. Yeah, or? it's like a, it. It reminds me sometimes like a slow mirror's edge because there's even like yeah. yellow air conditioners that tell you where you can sort of jump and where you can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not one of those things. The internet went crazy over it. I don't think it's a game for everybody. It's an indie game at its heart, and a it's bringing us. I believe it's their biggest launch in history at this point. Um, it really wow. is because of the hype. Because this was like Sony's E3 showcase or Days of Play showcase multiple mm-hmm. times. And uh, yeah, I really believe in it. I like it. But what's great is my cat loves it. Yeah. And if you've <laughs> really? seen online. I hear, I hear a lot of cats are like. Yeah, if you look online, like a lot of cats love oh, it. Because everyone always told me my your cat can't see 2D images like it on a TV. I'm like, you're lying. I remember from it's Super kidding. Mario 2 on, my cat could definitely see. Red Dead Redemption, whenever I got on my horse, my cat was transfixed. And I sent you guys a video of like, my cat my cat cannot look away from this. And that, to me, enhances the entertainment of this game. <laughs> a thousand percent that my cat likes it. A uh, bunch of weird noises. And she recognizes the shape when it's lit well. That, oh, this is me. This is... a. This is someone I should, not not is this me, but is this someone I should kill before it comes in the house? <laughs> is, is this my mortal enemy now, like the doorbell? Yeah, you have a bunch of great recur- uh, recorded uh, meows, and you, when you hit the meow button, there there was a por- point where like I first got into the city, and there, there's a security camera, and I noticed like it's following me, it's looking at me, so I jumped up to it and looked at it and meowed, and it like started enthusiastically nodding. And it's like, oh, okay, so meow, yes, 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 this. And if you're stuck, you meow, and it'll highlight something subtle in the environment will highlight which direction you go in. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, but cool. But yeah, when when also we say like a puzzle platformer, it's not like, you know, so much environmental puzzles as like, oh, this character needs this music sheet, and I can mm-hmm. find it in this bar, and then uh, I find this guy, and he needs these notebooks, and I can find the notebooks in these apartments that are marked with this face, and so I mm. need to go find them, and, you know, more more fetch questy. It's pretty chill, mm. and like, if you, and I have one, I, I look at my cat sometimes, like, I want to live through her eyes. This is the best game I've seen do that mm. since Rockin' Cats. Um, yeah. <laughs> And you can knock so much shit like off of game. ledges. I'm I'm convinced there's a trophy for it. Do you think it may have taken some cues from Untitled Goose Game? Yes, I think it's Maybe a lot a like bit, that. Yeah. But it's 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 people obsession with an animal. But like, there's a lot of people who are going to download this and like, did you want combat? Well, you're going to be disappointed. Mm, <laughs> you're, yeah. I, I don't. There's not going to be a lot here for you on the action front. It's literally what it says. It is. You're a cat. It's That's, chill. This, yeah, yeah. Just, it's just be a cat. Mm-hmm. Or, and it's it's a very short game. There is danger, but it's run from danger, not mm-hmm. fight the danger. What's the what's the story like? Because we've noticed it takes place in this like cyberpunk world. Like, yeah. how, does that do they expand on that at all? Organic or is it just life like, is oh, dead. And this cat accidentally found its way into it, and 
Yeah, not this. not entirely dead. Like you, you find stuff like the. It, it's sort of like a very idealistic view of AI, where the robots are all very human-like, but they also regard humans as their beloved ancestors. And it's like, oh, I, I wish they hadn't gone. We could have learned so much from well, them. There's a, there's a bunch of stuff around saying that like these might be humans or robots trying to preserve themselves for as long as they can, but that all failed. Mm. And they and they see this one organic character and become obsessed with it. Yeah. In a positive way. They all fall so in love with near, it. So it's near Automata. Automata, <laughs> yes. Automata. <laughs> Neurotomata. <laughs> well, it's, it's, you know, that they, like, you, you walk up to the, you know, one of them and you meow and, like, it just gets, like, its face is a monitor and when you meow, its monitor face becomes a little heart for a second. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, they, they, they all become fascinated with you. They love you. And, uh... To, like you're you're not an asshole cat. It's not like Entitled Goose Game in that like you're being a cat who is an asshole. Though you can do asshole things like meow at the right time so that this guy drops this paint bucket he's trying to lob across this ledge and it falls and uh, splatters in front of this shop and then the shop owner has to come out and clean his patio, which then lets you into the open door that he leaves behind him. Much and you like can Entitled steal some Goose detergent. Game, Michael is way yeah. further than I am. I should say, so I should <laughs> shut up about this. Mm. But uh, but it's a yeah. It's, I hear it's a very short game. I, I thought yeah, I would like, even complete it. I, I looked it up on how long to beat, and it says like four and a half hours. Mm. So, mm. But, but again, not bad. And like, uh, I think anybody who's excited by the idea of it has yeah. This will satiate anything you were excited about. It's very good. But it's you know it's not a, it's mm. not an everybody game, and it was I think it was yeah. kind of treated like one. Yeah, and and I want to make clear when when you said uh, is the hype based on cat or on the game itself? I think it's very much based on cat. That is not to say I don't think highly of the game. I think it's a really good game. Yeah, yeah, I think the game lives up to the hype. There have been plenty of hype cat games that came and went. Right, we saw more of cat than we saw of you know gameplay. I think mm-hmm. when this was first revealed. So yeah. Well, there, there's yeah, there've been a bunch of, like cat lateral damage that yeah. were like, oh, that's neat, fun. We name, did a whole and... top five about them when this yeah, was announced, yeah. which is why this show isn't cat games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's uh, but this one seems like uh, yeah, it's getting good reviews. Like people game like of the it. meow. I hate to say this because, uh, and I don't. This is not a knock against the game. This feels like the perfect subscription service game, yeah. especially if you're saying mm. it's four or five hours long. And so it makes total sense that like Sony is rolling it into a tier, at least, of their Plus subscription. Yeah, I, I upgraded my PS Plus subscription because I couldn't find a price other than the rarer physical version, which was $40. And like $40 yeah. is more than it would cost me to upgrade my PS Plus for a year. So if I want this one game, why not upgrade to PS Plus? And that's yeah. exactly what... It feels like we're children all over again with the streaming model because, like, ah, yeah, I want this one thing and I'll subscribe to this for a year. Uh, don't – no regrets, but, yeah, like, I, I'm a PS Plus uh, extra subscriber now. Yeah. I have yeah. no but, use for but, premium. But it's also, yeah, 30 bucks if you don't want to subscribe and 30 bucks mm-hmm. on PC, on Steam as well. So, uh, yeah. yeah I, but I, I was already paying 30. for PS Plus, which is, like, to play games online, which I don't really do. And the free games have gotten worse <laughs> and whatnot. Yeah, so, like, yeah, why uh, not? PS Plus does include, like, I found out, like, oh, you're you're releasing, like, certain classics, not yeah. as, like, streamable games, but as actual, like, downloadable yes. PS4, PS5 games that include, like, rewind features and up yes. graphics and a bunch of other neat stuff. I think we... we yeah. 
I thought I saw it, but then Michael was clearer about it. Like, there is a PS5 Ape Escape, period PS5 Ape Escape mm-hmm. remake. Yep. That is a re- you can only play on PS5. That was causing a lot of confusion, though, yeah. with the relaunch because it's labeled as PS5, not a PS. Like the, some of those remakes or re- re-releases, let's call them. Yeah, they don't label them with the original platform, so they're really hard to find in the store. And yeah. technically, the only games that are streaming only on those those premium tiers, it's PS3. Everything else is downloadable and playable mm. from from the local hard drive. So. But I'm I'm happy to have it. I just like as someone who pays attention to what comes out on Game Pass every week, there has not been an every week to pay attention to on PS Plus. There's not mm-hmm. a new release every week. Nope. And no, no, not, not I at hope, all. I hope there is going forward, so I have something to be excited about because I really feel like Sony landed something big by landing this thirty dollar fucking game and making me subscribe to their shit for a year. I, I think Sony will get a taste of the success from this and probably now Yeah. Yeah. Do it more often. Because yeah. that this is not their model. Their model was more Yeah. You know, Game Pass does both, right? Game Pass is like here's this new day and date thing you should be look forward to. But also here's Which they which they didn't do originally. That it took them a while, yeah. Microsoft a, a few months before they did that. But but they also do the okay now here's everything coming in July, right? And mm-hmm. and and Sony just sort of does the latter. Like, yeah, here's everything coming in July, these classic games you love. And this is their first time of being like, this is releasing day and date, and you're going to love this. If you yeah. want to get it, you can you can subscribe. I think enough people will probably convert where they're like, man, we should we should do this more often. If you're paying yeah. for PS Plus, it's just kind of a – I don't like the system I got involved with. But, like, if you're paying month to month, it just makes sense. And you can go – you can cancel that anytime you want. So when you're done with mm-hmm. the game – Enjoy your six months of PS Plus and then cancel it. Roll back your subscription until you find something you want. I mean, that's how things should work. It should be easy to do that. I hear it's not with Sony. It's not. No, that, I mean, that's the problem that we encountered is they know that people would do that. And so you can't just dip in and out mm-hmm. unless you are only monthly. And that is the most expensive way to, to subscribe to Plus would be monthly. So yep. if you're going to do that, you kind of have to be like, this is the month where I'm going to play a bunch of shit and then cancel my subscription versus carrying it over. So. And it's nothing against the good. value of PS Plus. It's just there's a lot of overlap in Game Pass. What I've already bought, I've already owned every Sony first party everything. Uh, so th- there's just not that value there for me. But like, like I said, if I didn't say that, my friend got a PS5. Have his PS4 has been broken for six months. Got a PS5. This is an instant no brainer for him. Huge, great deal. Doesn't have an Xbox course you should get ps plus extra uh really great deal but can you clarify that which tier do you have to get is it the extra. premium one essential is the old one extra yeah. is game pass and then premium is like ps3 and ps1 games which okay is, so this is one is just on the extra e- extra okay part two premium to me is thoroughly valueless remasters and then i looked and like is the last of us remaster coming to ps plus premium no so like what does this even mean (laughs) what What a mess i hate i hate all of it yeah yeah my brain shuts down when people start talking about it i think what what confuses us is that extra technically includes the more recent games that that gets you ps4 and ps5 games yeah but 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 then the the premium one is the only tier that includes the older games. Yes. And you, you would think it should be the premium, opposite because you're premium like, premium is Switch Online. <laughs> yeah. Premium yeah. Switch Online. Do you want to play Spanky's Quest and Glorious Story? Do I? Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, well, let's switch platforms. Darkstalkers Resurrections. Yes. There you go, just drawing Greg back yeah. in. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Tell us about the Forza DLC. Yeah, speaking of uh, subscription games, so this is, I think I told listeners before, this is the only game where I bought the season pass without owning the actual title uh, because I have Forza Horizon 5 as part of Game Pass, but I bought the whole expansion stuff prior to it coming out for like $50, great deal, and I've gotten a ton of use out of that with the car pass alone. But this is the first big expansion. It is Hot Wheels, which you might remember they did in Forza Horizon 3. So cool. And in some ways... This rehashes a lot of that and is very similar, but I will say the improvements they've made. So Hot Wheels and Forza Horizon 3 was fun. It was, it was shit fun. Oh, I'm on the orange tracks and I'm doing loop-de-loops and all that stuff, right? But mm-hmm. I don't think they really tied the progression and quest system into that as well as they do here. Right. It was a much older game by the time that DLC hit. Yeah, they... And and I think they learned lessons. The Lego expansion, people didn't like it as much from Forza Horizon 4, but I actually loved it because it was it did what this one does. It has very clear-cut set of goals. This one, it's weird. It rolls your progress back, and so it kind of gates you to say, okay, you have to earn different licenses to be able to drive different levels of car versus in Forza Horizon 5, just the base game. It's like, you want to fucking hop in an S2 car right mm-hmm. off the bat? Go for it. You're probably not going to drive it well, but go for it, right? This one's more like, okay, you have to start out only driving B, only driving B cars, and then you have to win a certain number of, of medals by, you know, winning races or, you know, doing like the stunt uh, stunt events or doing like the speed trap events. And once you get enough medals, then it's like, okay, you can, you can now pass the test and get this other license. And so... It kind of naturally, but and all that progress is just on the the Hot Wheels Island. It's it's its own little place, right? Mm-hmm. And so that kind of gives you a better sense of progression. That like even Forza Horizon Five didn't really do. It did a lot better than previous Horizon games, but this one I think does it really well. Um, the other thing it does is Forza Horizon Five had these like story missions you could pick up that were kind of fun, and, and a lot of them were like the ultimate goal was like to learn about a certain type of car, right? Or a certain type of racing. Like here's the street racing story series. Oh, here, here's the series of all about these experimental cars. This one, the story missions are like the history of hot wheels. Oh, neat. And it's very clear. Huh. Like there's a lot of love and passion put into this where it's like, I'm learning shit about hot wheels. <clears throat> I never would have, have known before. And it's, and the, and it's doing that. It's it's telling you all this as you're racing at top speed through like fucking orange loop de loops, and it's explaining like, well, why are the tracks <laughs> orange and stuff like that. So it's it's really good. I, I don't remember if it was Michael or Brett, but they were describing like Toys R Us forever was haunted by Hot Wheels fans waiting by the fucking loading dock. Yeah, yeah. This is a story involving Toys R Us's loading dock, and you're wondering if it came from me or from Brett. No, 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 no. Sorry, Grim. Grim. (laughs) Grim or Grim or Brett. Okay, yeah. Ah, I see. I see. Oh yeah, I mean, and it and it's like reminding me of the heyday of Hot Wheels of like yeah, all these cool accessories and shit they had. I'm like, I remember that from when I was a kid. But I um, I was a Matchbox guy. Don't don't understand. But no, I, I really like what they've done. They, they've made some other kind of changes that mm, I, I had to roll back. So one of the things they add in, and I'm guessing it was because people might have been getting motion sick the first time around. Cool. They add in this like meter that is – it's almost like a crosshair right in the middle of your field of vision that tells you like what angle your car is tilted at. And it's Ooh. meant to like show like oh, here's the G-forces on your car. Take right? that Mario Kart 8 where you can never tell if you're upside down. I just found it distracting and I had, to, you can turn it off in the accessibility options, mm-hmm. luckily, but I was like, I, I know I'm in a loop to loop. I don't need to know. <laughs> like I, it's, I can tell I'm going sideways right now. And that's, 
in real life, I wouldn't have that little like weird thing, you know? So yeah, I turned that off, but, um, it's just really cool. It's, it's, if you're worried, like, well, is it just the same thing as three? Like, no, they've actually added their specialty tracks. So there's like ice tracks and like rumble tracks with bumps on them on the orange track and stuff like that. And then of course there's a ton to do. Like you can find all the XP boards and stuff just like in the main game. And, and yeah, there's, there's, um, there's a lot of content here. Uh, I don't know, to be honest, how much this costs if you were to buy it by itself. Um, but I just recommend just buy that expansion pass because it gets you all the, the car pass alone is One of awesome. One games of the year, awesome. Forza, Forza by him. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I really enjoyed this expansion and I, I'm looking forward to what they do with the next one. I don't know if it's new, but I'm just saying I have six Hot Wheels cars in my house set up in a row. And remember how this game, the Hot Wheels 3 expansion for Horizon 3 was a success and Hot Wheels Unleashed came out, which is like just a Forza game that is just all Hot Wheels-ish. Just orange arcade track. racing, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I have never posted anything on my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter about Hot Wheels. I've never Googled it. But I have posted pictures of my Looney Tunes Hot Wheels. And I have gotten nothing this week but inundated with... Hot Wheels Unleashed Looney Tunes DLC, which features those cars. Oh, wow. <laughs> those cars in a Forza environment. And if you haven't seen the Bugs Bunny or Daffy Duck cars, they look awesome. They look <laughs> amazing. Daffy Duck car is a beak. The Bugs Bunny car is whiskers, and they're still really fast. Never, never mind. One thing this game does, I was talking about like how they, they have a reverence for the history of Hot Wheels. So like mm-hmm. the previous version, it's just kind of like, yeah, here's the Bone Crash or whatever the fuck that, you know, that car is called. But this one is like, it has the years of each model, right? It's like, oh, that's the the gray blade from uh, 2012 and shit like that. It's like they really are like into the history of Hot Wheel lines and stuff like that. And they, those show up in your car collection with like a year assigned to each one, if, right? If it's you're like, not able to go to a Walmart, and I know you're, you know, Greg's in New York, you guys are in California, like half the toy section is toy cars, which are Hot Wheels completely took over from Dominic Toretto's vehicle to a... A Conaline van expired by inspired by 1953's Peter Pan and Mario Kart cars, like just licensed Mario, all Hot Wheels. It is a huge thing, huge thing that I think none of us really truly understand. <laughs> Little kids love toy cars. How big the brand yet. is, and uh, clearly adults. Yeah, I think collectors. There's there's a little collector aspect. It's like. It's like we we buy what the little uh, Nintendo figures. Remember, Grim wrote an article about it and called it a man baby's delight. <laughs> it still <laughs> makes me giggle. <laughs> I mean, if we if we're gonna keep our amiibo in the box, like some people, Chris, hey, hey, uh, hey. you can't fault the Hot Wheels people for this. It's because I don't care about it. I just want to sell it. I proudly take mine out of the package and display them on my mm. shelves because I like to scan them and use that stuff in games like i said i have no use for that shit in any way whatsoever and if i could buy a wallpaper with the back boxes of all the amiibos i would wallpaper my house with that wow michael do you want to alternate and you want to want to talk about madison and then i'll talk about our last release yeah yeah so madison is a game that came out uh, a couple like i think week before last and i forgot to talk about it on last week's show so I'll talk a little bit about it now. It is a really fun little horror game made in Argentina uh, where you are, 
what is this it? This is not a founding father simulator where you're playing as James Madison. Strangely, no. Fucking um, bullshit. Madison refers to, I believe, a serial killer who you learn about oh. over the course of this game. This is it's a first person, very heavily PT influenced game where you you start the game like locked in a room with uh, a voice that is probably your father banging on the door and screaming, "What did you do? You're not my son!" And you may or may not have murdered your own uh, white or mother and sister, and uh, are trying to figure this out. There's a whole thing about like demonic possession. And how you might be under the influence of it. And uh, there's something about, uh, you know, oh, the, the demon usually enters the host through an object. And like, well, uh, <laughs> the object in question might be a Polaroid camera, which I'm not actually sure about in the course of the game. But they do uh, have a possessed camera DLC that sort of gives that away. Mm. But your, your Polaroid, you have it with you at all times. And a lot of the time, like, you know, things are illusory. And if you take a photo of them and then stand there flapping it until it resolves, uh, then you might see things as they actually are and be able to solve puzzles or and and there, there's like weird shit. There's like, you know, uh, a statue of the Virgin Mary that keeps disappearing and uh, flying around in weird places. It's like, OK, they, you apparently think this is very scary, but then there are some genuinely good jump scares in there. Uh, it, you know, feel, feels a little bit Silent Hilly, where you keep getting transported to places that should be impossible, like you're exploring your grandfather's house. It looks like a place where a hoarder died. There's just, like, piles of shit all over the place that you have to navigate. And, uh... But then, like, you go up into the attic and you solve a puzzle with some photos on the wall, and all of a sudden... You're in a church that has been uh, thoroughly defaced by graffiti. But if you take a photo of a placard that has the year 1957 on it, like you'll be transported back to that year. And oh. then you'll have to like jump around in time to solve these different puzzles. It's a neat game. You go up in the attic where you, you think you're going to find your dead sister. Oh, wait. Mm -hmm. no, sorry, yeah, but, but I'll say that the, the main character's voice acting is really terrible. And he sounds like this all the time. <laughs> it's like Matt Foley. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Farley. Did. It does sound it's like just, an SNL character. <laughs> bad, uh, but you know, you can turn it off. You can turn off the voice acting and just see oh, the subtitles perfect. for what you're saying. So and everything else is pretty good. Yeah. So um, yeah, Madison. If you're a horror fan, if you mm. miss that PT never came out, and you want more games to be like that, check it out. There's a lot of those. Oh. A lot of those mm -hmm. <laughs> games that are ripping PT, which was a playable teaser for a game that never came out. Like mm -hmm. I love that. They're just like, fine, we'll just make one ourselves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll extrapolate that. based on what we think this was going to yeah. be. Speaking yeah. of people who who saw something and said, "Fine, we'll just make one ourselves," yeah. I uh, <laughs> I played the open beta of Multiverses. Uh, I got a code. So full disclosure, I got a code for like the premium founders pack which is i think a hundred dollars um and the the bad thing about that so i was telling you michael uh and chris i was like you know there's nothing wrong with the gameplay itself like what this is it's a smash brothers clone by the way mm -hmm. if I, I should make that clear um and that is a totally serviceable one of those it's just that because it just launched an open beta it more feels like the shell and the promise of a game than an actual game. Like there's stuff in there straight up says like 
coming soon when you highlight certain modes and stuff like that. Um, so far, there's a roster of 16 fighters. So with that with that founder spec I have, there's 30 character tickets. Eat one ticket per character unlock, right? So eight of the characters are locked out of the box. You have to... So I spent eight of my character tickets. I still have 22 <laughs> character tickets left over after unlocking every fighter in the game. And so... You know they they have plans for at least twenty two more characters. <laughs> Otherwise, boy, that's a bad deal. Um, the, thought, the thought occurred to me because, like, I, you know, free to play. I went to go get this today, and like, it, obviously, you can't. It's the Founders Pack. It comes out next week, free. <clears throat> right, you get early access to Founders. You get early access you, to you it. Get early access I to open beta with the Founders four Pack. Four characters. Yeah. No, it's it starts with eight. Okay, it starts with eight unlocked. You would. You have to either. You don't have to spend money to unlock the characters. You can unlock them with enough, you know, pr- uh, free currency that you earn with fights and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, and I think one of them you unlock Wonder Woman after going through the tutorial. Like you have to mm. go through the tutorial to get her, and so. Um, but yeah, there's enough stuff unlocked. To be honest, I unlocked them all, so I don't remember who was. It's weird they'll like split characters across series. So I think it starts with Steven from Steven Universe. Mm-hmm unlocked but garnet is locked or it might be the might be vice versa it might be mm. the other way around where you, she's unlocked and you, you have to i, I really don't like the they said it'd be free to play and we haven't seen a, a ton of free to play fighting games especially not one on this intellectual property level i really want to play this but i kept searching stores like i thought this was supposed to be free and all it was was ways to spend money in the game that don't involve yeah. the actual game. <laughs> that, that's sorry, that's what I meant to get to. Is so right now it's very much this sort of shell of a game, and unfortunately, the stuff that is in there already, the whereas like certain modes aren't, is a lot of the monetization hooks. It's like oh, you can spend this grind currency to unlock a character, or this premium currency, which with a founder's pack you're going to get X amount of this premium currency, and it's like so I. I have all this stuff I can spend because I got that Founders Pack. I'm just not sure what is worth yeah. spending premium currency on versus what's worth grinding for. And But unfortunately, there's not really enough game there to make the grind worthwhile because like literally all it is is like okay you can play an online match or you can play a match against bots and it's the one game type you know you can do teams you can do like a team uh, and, and I guess that's probably the one differentiator of this game compared with like a Smash is on teams there are synergistic powers so one of the new characters rain dog love saying that um, which is like <laughs> the only imagine the giant imagine the giant dog from sesame street meets like um uh, the reindeer Barkley. from frozen hello yeah yes yes mm-hmm. meets the reindeer from frozen is that uh sven i don't know yes. anyway so he his one of his powers it's like a team up power you can attach like a rope to your teammate so that they can jump off the platform safely to go beat some ass and kick someone further off the platform so they can't get back and, and win and you can win and then you can rope them back into safety mm-hmm. right so there there are like team up moves or like wonder woman has a move where she can grant shields to her teammates you know you just have to stand when she does her super like stand in this area and stuff so i think that's new i don't play enough of these games to know the sad thing is because this again just launched an open beta it's more the promise of a game to come but i was telling you guys i'm like at this point in time that nickelodeon smash clone is a more robust gameplay experience than multiverses just right now especially after the wow. patch that gave them voices mm-hmm. oh. the voices made that nickelodeon game had so to do much because multiverses was coming out when i played that game i sent you guys a screenshot mm-hmm. of something ridiculous like me as garfield versus someone i had an equally ridiculous fight it was like 
it was like I was Batman and Superman teamed up against the Iron Giant and Harley Quinn. And that's the kind of shit you're going to get in this game. It's just like fantasy fights that no one ever asked for. Yeah. Kind of. Like I never wanted to see always, Iron Giant fight always Superman. A weapon. Yes. And, but it's like Iron Giant in like this beach outfit. I got I, that reminds. I have to send you the screenshot. It's great. But um, yeah, that's the kind of shit you're gonna get in this game. And, and of course, yeah, a lot of the monetization stuff is like skins. You know, like mm-hmm. hey, it's uh, this version of Superman or this version. And of some of it, like I, I was going through their, the, the Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry stuff, which are some of the most near and dear characters to my heart. Yeah, amazing skins for for like people who. Someone there paying attention to shit from the 1940s in such a wonderful way. Well, and yet it's it's the new version of Bugs Bunny. Now, did you see? Is there a skin to make him look like he looked in the I Ooh, guess 60s Bugs Bunny? Like 60 is it is 60s kind of the Bugs Bunny we all grew up with? Like in all those 80s compilation movies? No, like, the, the 60s Bugs Bunny is way more rigid and you yeah, know. I less, think we uh, grew up with the 40s Bugs Bunny. Yeah, the the Tex Avery one who's who's fatter at the bottom. Uh, this is the Bugs Bunny. Out. I can't tell Chris. You would know if it's either it's really early Bugs Bunny before his face is more round. Like his, he's got that, that sleek face that if you watch the new Looney Tunes, that's what he looks like now. He's he looks gone he looks a little that. more like his Wabbit version. If you saw the mm. show Wabbit, which is very good, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Wabbit, the very early Tex Avery version. Um, I don't know. It's an amalgam. As long as there are more more Looney Tunes characters, I'm gonna care. I mean, we're there for the characters. That's the thing. I mean, there is strategy. Like, there's, you finish the basic tutorial, then it's like, would you like to play through the advanced tutorials to unlock more stuff? And there's like 20 advanced tutorials. And I'm like, I button mash in these games. I don't need a fucking advanced tutorial for this shit. But I I, mean, the people who are good at those games do, right? Dozens of hours in Smash without ever playing a human opponent. I had a great time. Yeah. So that's sort of what I would like to do with this game. That's what this game's missing is it does let you play against bots, but I'm like, what I play Smash for is the semi-campaign modes they put in those games, you know, like, uh, what is it, Space Emissary? What was that thing called? The Subspace Emissary. Subspa- it's like, been give decades. me an equivalent, and I don't know if that's coming or not. That might be one of the coming soon things, but right now, uh, you know, if you really love these characters, I think it's, it's neat. Uh, I would probably recommend... Try it for free before you decide to invest in any of the Founders Pack options. Let's say that. I'd be interested. I'm very, I'm fascinated to see how this goes because this is the the first real big free to play fighting game that I can think of. I have no clue what that Nickelodeon one does. It even have an active player base? Like they put some work into it after it launched. So I'm mm-hmm. assuming someone's playing that shit. Like Brawlhalla was one of those that like has a huge following and a bunch of people mm-hmm. playing it always and, and has had character crossovers too. So there's room in that space for more than just smash. I just, it's not necessarily my game type. So I might be the wrong dude to sit here. And, right. And, and that's why the, the only off putting thing about it is seeing all these ways to cost you money. And like, man, I just want to do some things with these characters who don't get games anymore. Most of these characters don't get games anymore. Period. Yeah. That's what, to me, is super fun about it. Will there be another Steven Universe game? And that's a re- semi-recent character. I don't know. Uh, will there be another Adventure Time game? I don't know. There'll probably be, never be another Tom and Jerry game. And here they are as a duo with swappable costumes, very yeah. specific to Fred Quimby cartoons. Um, yeah. And they're duo right. fighters. They're they're more like the um, ice climbers, you know, where they come together. Mm-hmm. It's not like, like Jake and Finn, they <laughs> split up, you know? 
from from not and also we're in a not bad N sixty four fighting game, yeah. Smash style for real. Mm. The yes. only the only characters not new to this are Tom and Jerry. <laughs> yeah. So you know your mileage may vary. If you're if you're like us, you're probably there to see. I'm there to see the dumb characters. Like yeah, fucking Shaggy. Yes, put Shaggy mm-hmm. in a fighting game. I'm there to see him. His special move is ripping a sandwich out of the ground that he can throw at somebody. Like fuck yeah, yes, sign me up for that shit. Right. And, but, and uh, to to say words that have never been constructed in sentences like I want to see Arya Stark's final smash. <laughs> totally. Like that, mm-hmm. this game is perfect for like us as laser time hosts to be like, I'm going to stream the dumbest matchups possible in this game. Right. Like that's, that's what I'm there for. I'm not there for the smash fighting strategy that others would be there for. So I'm never going to be good at the game, but I'll, I'll get a few yucks in with the characters for it sure. It also means the, the model's probably not for you. It's going to be, the game's going to unlock slowly over the course of the next couple months. Everything's for me. Well, that's the thing is I have the $100 Founders yeah. pack, so I'm just sitting there waiting to spin this shit that mm-hmm. I wasn't able to spend through yet. So bring it. Bring it all on. We're going to have help. to, like, like, like uh, 18 months from now, like, Matt, did you get the mom and dad save the world pack from uh, <laughs> I'm I'm playing with house money at this point, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> some multiverses. For those who complain, we don't say the names of the games. And, and there's some stuff that we uh, didn't get to this week or haven't hasn't, Has, come, hasn't out. come out yet. Yeah, yeah. As like as Dusk Falls is getting good reviews though. That's that yeah. Game Pass uh, story adventure game. Yeah, that came out on Monday, so we have no excuse. Um, uh, also, Live Alive. What uh, inspired our top five? Did, did anyone play the demo that came out a little while ago? I drank no. the I drank the drink. Mm. But that, I continued my streak of downloading demos to my Switch without actually playing them. So, oh, congratulations! <laughs> yes. Uh, so we'll talk about that next week. Um, I've heard very good things. And uh, Capcom Arcade Second Stadium. I don't know why this game exists because <laughs> Capcom Arcade Stadium just came out, and I'm like. Just put more arcade machines mm-hmm. into that game that you already have. Why did you yeah, have yeah. to? Still, release still trying game? to fill the first stadium. In terms yes. of deal, deals, it's not an issue. Of like uh, our generation is a little more nomadic, and we're not going to fucking open that game constantly. Is there? Did they add Captain Commando or didn't they? You just want a new pack of arcade games. But all they had to do was just advertise that there's new shit there. Because I do open that. I play Capcom Arcade Stadium. I go in there and play Strider. And so it's like, yeah, I'll give you more money for these additional games. I have a hack arcade cabinet, so this is, like, irrelevant to me. Because because basically this is the best game of the week with the best games ever. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the the, the lineup in this version is a way better lineup, but... In the original arcade stadium, they even sell things as bundles. They're like, yeah, get the bundle of all the games. Or get the bundle with just these five. I'm like, this could have just been another oh, bundle. Oh, that's annoying. I was going to yeah. say, before the Capcom Arcade Stadium, back in like 2013, was it? Oh, we had CAC, which was Capcom Arcade Cabinet. Oh, and that, we that know was all more about of that a, That was more of a, like, you buy a box and then yes. you, you buy individual modules to put and in it the box. people off because they would spend was, ten dollars on a box and then be like wait i thought i got all the arcade games in here and it's like right. no no that'll be another thirty dollars yeah, and it was very complicated and annoying they learned their lesson so arcade stadium is a free download and they mm-hmm. usually give you i think they give you they a free game give with street it. fighter 2 like straight up like that's what you get well, when this. it first came out they gave you i can't remember if it was ghouls and ghosts or ghosts and goblins mm-hmm. so i always mix those up but one of those was free um this one i think has a free promo game as well when it comes out so go grab that at the very least the, the, my game deal of the week take my advice do what i say uh americans go to go to walmart 
that Capcom Legacy Arcade One Up is down below two fifty. Has twelve mm. games on it, including a shitload of Street Fighters, Final Fight, Strider, Darkstalkers. A beautiful arcade cabinet that you can, you can then mod because it has all the buttons. It has twelve fucking buttons to. Oh, just do that. <laughs> I know that that appeals to you because you're know. into like arcade culture, but to me. I'd much rather spend thirty dollars for you know the I get it. I forty get it. or whatever games that are in this collection. I like I, I'd rather more people mod home arcade devices. Th- actually, that's the one thing I will say. I will give Capcom credit for in this collection. The games themselves, if you buy them individually, they are very fairly priced. It's like two dollars per game or something. It's very very yeah, cheap. Was, like I, I bought Final Fight for it two was bucks. An like, asinine yeah, price for for CAC, which I hate Greg for bringing up. CAC. Uh, yeah, Chris was the lead on CAC. Oh, you were the community guy. On Stop, don't say that. That's going to make it seem like lead. I'm responsible for it failing. Uh, it was dead in the water before I got there. But uh, yeah, I, I will say that I only just recently discovered the, the arcade stadium, uh, partly because I was still healing from CAC <laughs> and refused to acknowledge it. But it's a, it is a well, very nice you presentation. You can't get too much CAC. You need to heal after that. It's true. Right. You know, you know. <laughs> the presentation is very nice. And not only that, there there are some very deep cuts that even I yeah. hadn't heard of, yeah. like uh, Giga Wing and some yeah, of the Giga other shoot ups a lot of Jap- cool. Japan exclusives in there. We, we filmed mm-hmm. a video when, when Greg and I worked at Capcom. We went to a PAX and tried to find the most expensive Capcom game at PAX. And it was Gigawing. Because it was the oh, rarest, most obtainable game. Mm-hmm. And here it is for two bucks. I cool. only play the prequel Mega Wing. I will not. I refuse to play Giga Wing. <laughs> Kill a Wing is. Kill a Wing is. Stop there. Go for Terror Wing. Right. <laughs> and I don't know what comes after that. Hopefully, I'll never have to learn. <laughs> Yato wing. I don't know. Is that what it uh, is? Let's, uh, maybe. I, I <laughs> know that Yato bites are a thing. Let's move along. News. It's been a little while since one of these. And I've had it in my system, and I just had to get out that it's time for another. It's a it's a hard <laughs> You cut out for a second. There. Yeah, you do that's that live clipping. each time. I never knew. <laughs> that's called clipping. Uh, dudes, uh, did you guys like that Mortal Kombat reboot, whatever you want to call that, that came out a few years ago that we most of us saw for quote unquote free as part of a subscription to, I think, HBO Max? Yeah, it was all right. Well, if you like that, you might like the follow up, which has confirmed, uh, Simon McQuoid is the director of the first. He's coming back. He's coming back for the follow up. So this is according to Deadline. Um, the recent reboot did well enough or they said yeah gonna get a sequel and it's gonna be directed by him and then it's gonna be written by the head writer of moon knight uh jeremy slater is gonna hmm. be on that one so uh looking forward to that anxious to see where they go this if, if you didn't see it you should check this out it tells this the worst thing about it is the lead character tells the story of cole young this weird you know fighter that has never been in the series before that 
develops powers over the course of the first movie. So mm-hmm. anxious to see if this follows the journey of Cole Young. If they're like, yeah, no, we could just go with Liu Kang. Fuck that guy. Cole yeah. Young. Well, there, there was that that weird thing of like, no, you have to develop your magic power that every combatant has. Like, what is this shit? But then his was like failure to launch. Like he couldn't get his magic yeah. power for mm-hmm. a while. It so- it's it's. I admired it because it was harder to do than centering the Mortal Kombat movie in one established character. And right, so instead, right. we can all enjoy the games and enjoy the movie differently. And if this character takes off, he'll become a Mortal Kombat character. If not, he's just the guy, the surrogate you see the Mortal Kombat movie through. And I love the... I've watched it twice, two, three times. I love the Mortal Kombat movie. Calling it now, if he does become a Mortal Kombat character, that will be a one-game appearance that no one fucking cares about after that. Wait to, wait until you see what happens in the second movie, man. Like, people were not super hype on uh, Christopher Nolan until The Dark Knight. If the second movie doesn't star Kano, they don't know what was good about the first movie, and they really fucking need to I mean, they have to find a way to bring him back. Well, it's Mortal Kombat. People come back from the dead all the the damn time. That's true. Um, They could salvage it. I do. I do worry. It's like, what if it, you know, takes the same direction as Alice in Resident Evil, where it's like, it it becomes just like a poochy thing, where like this character is always there and always overshadows the other characters, and when she's not there, the other characters are like, "Where's Alice?" Yeah, she's at a she's at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I hey, that Mortal, reference. Mortal Kombat is a super bloody game, and so is Doom. Mm. And one of the original creators of Doom, John Romero is making a new FPS baby. And the only question I have is, will he once again make us his bitch? He requires you to be his bitch. (laughs) It's it's, it's in the end-user license agreement before you start the game. Sir John Romero, Esquire, (laughs) formally requests your your presence as his bitch. Uh, Look, we had the lawyers write this out. Do you relinquish your non-bitch rights uh, to play this uh, game? You know, I I feel like John Romero has been thoroughly redeemed. uh, Yeah. From what I've I've read about Daikatana and its development, it's like, that is not his fault. That ad campaign was not his fault. That was was marketing. And he might be a much nicer guy than the Carmack. uh, He's he's a very nice man. I've met him in person. Fucking glorious head of hair. I'm so jealous of his hair. It's it's irksome. I watched him uh, deny a guy a handshake once, though. Oh, yeah. really? Which is which is fair, I suppose. Yeah, As a semi-germaphobe, like, like I yeah. never hold that against anyone. I'm like, yo, just can I get a yeah, bow? Well, I was it in 2020 because nobody was shaking hands. In I was like, I was cringing in the moment. I was like, that's a really bad look. But then I was like, yeah, but he probably gets lots of these handshake offers yeah, from a lot absolutely. of dirty people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you've never been to, like, cause I'm. Like, the Comic-Con news this week. Not news, but, like, hype. I've seen advertisements for Comic-Con, and, like, we're doing that right now? Yeah. Holy God, this is the stinkiest... Mm. Greg and I worked the... Greg and Michael and I worked the con circuit for years. We'd always get sick. Yep. Uh, yeah. Before well, they, there was they, a I pandemic. Mean, an- anime Con happened in L.A., and the pictures from that were just, like, nuts. And sure enough, like, yeah, guaranteed super spreader event. And know? I know we, just... we said that before. One of our friends... Uh, uh, sister-in-laws was a, a what was then referred to as a booth babe, and I remember like, how has it been? She's like, oh, it's been rough. Smell my shoulder. I'm like, why? No, no. And we smelled her shoulder, and like, that's where all the guys' armpits go the armpit. when they put their arms oh, around me. Yeah. And her shoulder smelled so fucking bad, so, so fucking gross. bad. That's so gross. <laughs> so, uh, other quick thing about this. So, 
not only is he making, I mean, Romero Games has been making like smaller indie type games for a little bit now, but this one, um, it's with a major publisher that signed it and it's being made in Unreal Engine 5. So this, this seems like a big AAA type deal. Um, it's always good. You know, I, I would imagine it will probably be similar to Doom because that's kind of what John Romero likes to do. So, uh, we'll see. yeah. Look Maybe forward see, to I, that. I think I, I said it on a, in disclosing things. Uh, I, I live next door to a, a programmer uh, in San Francisco, and he's like, "What? What have you been doing the last couple of years?" He's like, "I spent seven years making a John Romero educational MMO with all of the funding in the universe that has never been announced. Never. Wow. Um, so he's been making stuff the whole time, hmm. but yeah. that." D- not the seven year thing, but that does happen yeah. sometimes. People spend years on things that don't get announced. Oh, sure. Mm, yeah. I mean, here speaking of games that are seven years in the making, Skate Four. Uh, it might be more, it might be less. I don't know the exact number because I'm not a skate freak like some of you mm, people. I don't um, get it. But don't get so it. this is. We knew it's coming. We knew it's been announced, but they actually uh, announced this week it's going to be free to play. Uh, and instead of being called Skate 4, it's just going to be called Skate, lowercase s. Can't capitalize your title. No, God. Title case just, would be Just make much. the A a 4. How hard if is If you that? were wondering if the ga- the original <laughs> games would be delisted, now you know. The Scaforti. 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 Will be free to play. It will have cross-play and cross-progression. And probably a really interesting in-game currency, like uh, mm. like Margera bucks. So that's what people worry about. But at the same time, all right. So I'm I've never been a skate freak. I'm a Tony Hawk pro skater guy, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah, the skate, skate games, though, to me were more about they were more chill games of like, yeah, I'm gonna try this trick off this stairwell, like in real life, and use these cool little right stick movements for mm-hmm. my fucking tricks and it's going to be just as hard as skateboarding in real life not really but mm. uh no no it was, it was a very weird period for ea's non-traditional sports games where they would turn the two analog sticks into your arms or legs they did it for the uh the boxing game the boxing game was great mm. i fucking love that yeah. well, I, but it was hard for me to wrap my head around because I'm, I'm a punch out guy and i'm a tony hawk guy and i just never Latched on the skate like this is too hard. I'm a Paul Heyman uh, guy. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Punch out. Sorry, that's wrestling. Anyway, um, I'd say though, like skate, free, skate is all about hanging with your friends mm-hmm. and just sort of dicking around and trying out tricks, right? And it's like, okay, well, if this is free to play, you have a better chance of getting some friends to come along and try it. And if it's cross-platform, yeah. okay, well, now it doesn't matter that Chris has a PlayStation, but I might have an Xbox or whatever. Yeah. It's like, okay, you're throwing this on iOS or Switch, which. Hopefully they're not. It also seems like the right move because, like, the reason we didn't get Skate 4 for so long was sales of Skate 3 weren't enough for EA to justify, like, yes, we need to do another one of these. Versus if it's free to play, that might actually increase its chances of success given, you know, if enough people try it out. And if it has healthy monetization and and makes EA enough money, it's like, okay, well. I I should say I'm not anti-free-to-play. Games don't get consistently updated out of nowhere. Uh, EA tried to make Skate a semi-annual franchise that wasn't really viable so maybe this is maybe uh, yeah a live environment Uh, people are constantly playing and new people are coming in and out maybe that's better for the series I don't know yeah I I don't know I I don't know enough about the series but I I understand people's trepidation because free to play we we just got finished talking about multiverses and, and some of the issues that might cause at the same time 
if you're getting a triple A gameplay experience for free, at that point you're like spending money in that game is sort of like tipping the developers, right? Like this yes. is a game. Yeah, I, I know what Skate is as as opposed to like you cannot make environments for multiverses, whereas you can make Skate environments all you want. Yeah, that that was the online community was amazing. They kept that whole series going. So that yeah, that's a much better. Technically, a better live game than multiverses is. But it's also like, all right, you've been you people have been clamoring. You've been fucking okay. Let's be honest. You've been harassing EA for years to make Skate Four. It's time for you to put your fucking money where your mouth is. All right, it's going to be free to play. So if you really are into this thing, are you going to spend any money on this thing that you claim to have loved and wanted? Why? You know? When like, I can just hack their servers for free and leak the beta footage. <laughs> so yeah, Skate Skate. Is now now just skate lowercase skate. That's how that's how forevermore we shall refer to it as lowercase skate. Mm-hmm. Is free to play. Uh, it's coming soon. Hey, you guys are talking about Konami not releasing games. Well, I fucking fuck you. Says oh. this a news story. Fuck you and your ear holes My because work. this is happening. Konami is developing a new game, motherfuckers. <gasps> yes. That new game mm. is in conjunction with the world baseball softball confederation. What? <laughs> what new? Yeah, what the, the, the uh, those are two different sports. Wasn't good enough. I, I mean, I'm just telling you the name of the international sports federation or confederation. It is called the World Baseball Softball Confederation. <laughs> yeah, they're rebels. They're rebelling against regular the, baseball. We're the this baseball is the, softball. The, the, the big-headed Konami baseball series that's been around for a while. Uh, no, this is different. They they haven't given details on the game. They just announced their partnership. But one of the things they did announce. If this will allow a global baseball community, national federations, and gamers worldwide to participate in a potential newly jointly created WBSC Esports International Baseball Competition. I don't like how they're freely mixing it, baseball and softball. It sounds like a lot space. of people just got suckered out of a lot of money just to make this game. <laughs> at, at the same time, the games that Konami does make nowadays, sports games. They make they they make mm-hmm. uh, well e football I think is what the last uh, pro eleven soccer or whatever it was continued called. sports ball licensed products hmm. for things we don't have to like hang our hat on games uh, that have monetization hooks right uh-huh. where you're spending money on like tickets for sports teams and mm-hmm. stuff like that as long so, as we have twelve thousand addicts this game will keep going we're yeah. gonna call it e football and like what what are the Brits gonna call it if they can't call it PES pro evolution <laughs> come on it's true. That's true. Mm. Wasn't it was Pro Evolution Soccer was the second name. Wasn't that originally Winning Eleven Soccer? Or was winning that a Eleven? Different? Yeah, I think it might yeah. have been Winning Eleven. Yeah. Hilarious title. Yeah. So I don't know. Konami makes games. They just make maybe not the games you're looking for. Them Still predicting to make. it. They'll make a bad Metal Gear Solid game and they'll hire Kojima Studios to make a better one. It's gonna happen. <laughs> And then Kojima will refuse to acknowledge that the one before it was canon, sort of like with uh, the snake game we were talking about earlier tonight. They, they may never work together again after the, my prediction, which is not right. my yeah. what I want to see happen to Solid Snake. I get the feeling there's some bad blood there. I don't see Konami hiring back uh, Koji Pro to, to do Whatever anything. gave you that idea, perhaps all the leaked news stories about all the bad blood there was yeah. between them. I know, but like, how does that series move forward? It's their biggest series you have to do something. You already fired the Castlevania guy. Do something. 
So here's the thing. I don't think it's as hard as people think it would be. We see yeah. this in movies all the time. You saw – okay, a good example. Alien franchise, right? Probably not all a good terrible. example of long-term franchises. Very terrible. But you had Rid- – okay, Ridley Scott, Alien, right? Okay, mm-hmm. he's not going to come in and make the sequel. What do we do? They hire James Cameron. James Cameron. Yeah, you hire James Cameron. So you get in – a creator who might have a different vision for a thing, but is like an equal level creator. There's a lot of auteurs out yeah. there that if Konami just said, okay, we're going to put, I don't know, like someone from some famous shooter series or what, some some famous gaming David auteur. David Cage like, is Metal Gear. No, they will, they right? will always get that. overpowered by the brass in a way Kojima didn't. There'll never be yeah. another Metal Gear unless, but, like, that people like unless he's involved. The, the thing is that people are like, oh, how would they make it without Kojima? It's like, you know, I, I you may not have noticed, but thousands of games get made every year without yeah. the involvement of Hideo Kojima. <laughs> like it is possible to make a game without him. Yeah, but there there are hallmarks and things fans look forward to that need to be addressed by I think mm-hmm. the creator that no one yeah. else is going to be able to do authentically. Or or someone else like Yoko Taro. I would love to see what Yoko Taro does go. with but, it. But that, but that's here's the thing. I think if it was a Western company, that's what they would do. They would hire a different creator and say, okay, now you're going to give us your your vision of this. I think Konami got burned by having an auteur, which frankly is sort of a rare thing, mm-hmm. where they were like, whatever they do, they probably are going to want to grow it in-house, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's not – it already bit them once to have kind of a rock star developer. Like, why would they do that again? It's just you know? weird to do – instead of doing that, doing nothing. Nothing. Right. Nothing. Doing for Metal years. Gear Survive nothing. and then nothing. And then nothing. Nothing. For years. I, and I'm not opposed. Like, sometimes it pays. You have to rest a franchise. Give it a few years sure. before it can make a comeback. I totally get that, right? And also, it could be, like, there are people pitching ideas internally in Konami, and they're just like, no, that no. We're not doing that. That sucks, right? We don't we don't know what's going on behind Remember, the scenes. Remember, Kojima's right? hard at work on an Xbox game that can't be named or footage can be shown of or <laughs> It's <laughs> just the cloud, baby. It's out there on the cloud. Yeah. It's out there in my brain. Yeah. Rest so, assured, I'm working on an Xbox game. What a silly announcement is all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, I'm excited, so it worked. Yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> all I right. Know. That's all the news that's fit to play. All right. Ooh. Let's move on to the community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was what's something you remember from your childhood that kids today wouldn't understand? And, uh, Greg, normally at this point, I would ask you, since you weren't here last week, what's your answer? But you answered. Uh, <laughs> do you want to read your answer? You should disagree with your own answer. Greg. Yeah, Just well, let me, par- let me like, try and refine it. Basically, like everyone was talking about VHS, and right. I agree. But like the angle that came to mind for me is how pay-per-view was intertwined with that. Because I saw a lot of people saying, oh, it was all VHS. We didn't have video on demand. And like, it was yes, actually we like, well, we did, but it was it was like four bucks a pop, and you had to order it over the phone like a dinosaur. Yeah. Uh, but and if that... you listen to Laser Time's cable TV episode, that shit existed in like the 1950s. Mm. You were able to call and get pay per view. It wasn't truly on demand, like Michael was saying. It it was certain times, so it'd be like, okay, yeah, we're going to yeah. give you now right. this eight hour window where you have to subscribe to this channel yeah, for eight right, hours, yeah. so you can you can watch that movie multiple times if you so wish. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was like you know the the eight p.m. airing of the Shawshank Redemption. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember it that well. 
Hey there, you lovely listeners. This is your old pal, Matty Al, here. At this point in the recording, we experienced some technical issues, which is why there is a noticeable audio quality difference in everyone's track except Michael's. We do apologize for the tech problems, but hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah, there, there, there were set times, right? But I, like, it was when like I ordered, a movie like, theater, yeah. It if I like ordered like wrestling pay-per-views, though, they would basically show that pay-per-view over and over again for a day, and you could just oh, sit wow, there okay. and keep watching that channel and keep watching it again. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they would replay it. And you could... Yeah, but it, I think there was like a pay-per-view uh, like ad channel, mm-hmm. and you would the go there to see what was playing. Yes. And then you, there was a phone, and then you would call the phone number that was on screen to actually order. Yes. And then, and then, yeah, you would have access to that movie at the time slot, and then for subsequent time slots for that day. But the, we're like, talking about did, this as if that doesn't still exist. You, you can oh, do that, that now. It's, it's just it's hmm. just on demand. It's truly on demand now, where you don't need to wait for a window. Like I can That's go it. on my cable box and go to a pay per view channel, like you know, and and select yeah. a movie and say, "I want to, I want to watch this on demand." Basically, so that is still because I haven't had like t- a tv tv for like 20 years but like that was such a huge part of i don't like consuming media back then for at least in in my house it was like we'd be left home alone during the summer uh and my brother and i would just like order movies and tape them and then like we ended up with a vhs collection that was more than half uh you know stuff mm. taped off paper pay-per-view and, and your mom found the, the porn version. She's like, "Why do you have a, a videotape full of scrambled spice channel? I don't, I don't understand." We never went that far, but some of those movies were definitely things that we wouldn't have been allowed to watch. <laughs> Desperado, good lord, Desperado's but great. um, and uh, yeah, it's a good one. Um, but we like uh, there was also the whole extra layer of just the the tapes being this precious commodity because we yeah. weren't in in charge of acquiring them. We were just like the house always had a couple you know kind of yeah. like batteries there's always a wedding to film over right it's uh it's, it's just so, yeah there. there's always something you have you have to make a decision every time do it's, we need this footage or yeah. do we tape over it for breakdown starring kurt russell you know <laughs> yeah and uh you know we you'd inevitably end up fighting with each other if you had siblings you'd fight and bicker over who gets the tape and no you got to fast forward past the movie i taped and then start recording uh, there was a little plastic tab that you could break off to make it so you couldn't record over the tape. But if yeah. you put scotch tape over that, it would yep. it would counter that. Yeah. So it was yeah. like there was all this stuff surrounding, hmm. like it was a whole culture, you know. Yeah. It was. There were different length right. tapes, by the way. There was the high quality right. ones, like the steel, and then there's like, oh, you can get like a 16 hour tape. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be shitty video. What was SP and. SPL yeah, or L. There, there were different something, speeds something. on your VCR. You would set LP. for you could be like, "Hey, record this at this length," and you would get more recording out of it, but it's going to be worse quality. Yeah, right. yeah. This this all triggered a traumatic memory Uh-oh. for me when I when I turned eighteen. Uh, went out to celebrate with a couple of friends, and they're like, "You're eighteen, you can rent porn now." And so like, we went to this local <laughs> mom and pop video store and rented um i forget what it was called i think it was like malaboobies or something stupid <laughs> like that and uh i was like you know i think i want to hang on to this so what i did was like to to make copies of tapes like 
We had two VCRs in my house. One was a VHS, the other was a Betamax. So I'd have to bring the Betamax up from downstairs, hook it up to the VHS, and then just like play the VHS tape while dubbing it on, like recording on the beta. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, it was like, you know, a 90 minute movie and it was like midnight or something. I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to go to bed and, uh, I'll, I'll take this apart in the morning. Two things I did not know. My dad was going to get up at 5 a.m. to do exercises in front of the TV. Oh, no. And our model of VHS, when it reached the end of a tape, it would automatically rewind and start playing from the beginning. So my, I woke up my dad shaking me awake. Michael, uh, is there something you want to tell me? Oh, no. <laughs> but also... What answer was he looking for to that question? Like, you're an 18 year old male. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. dad, I masturbate. Like, fucking shocker. <laughs> Surprise. I like porn. What? Like, come on, bro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just give but, me this yeah, one, dad. It's... Just fucking give me this one, all right? Oh, like, we won't. We won't tell your mom about this. Like, yeah, I should hope not. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, she want to know. Yeah. <laughs> Malibu's Barbie. I love that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Malibu's. I, I remember um, my dad. Like, God. we were going on a camping trip, and I found a porno mag in the woods. Mm-hmm. Like I told you, everyone should do it. I think Patton mm-hmm. also wrote an article about it. It's your duty to leave porn in the woods for other yes. people. But but you were on a camping trip. With I went on a, I was going like a YMCA camping trip, and I I remember it was called Adult Action Magazine. It was the first magazine I saw with penetration. By the way, the second porn magazine I ever saw. A little too much, and I packed yeah. it the bottom of my bag, and I didn't know my dad was going to repack my bag. And he's like, "Son, we have to talk." I'm like, "About <laughs> what?" He's like, "Choice of reading material," and that was that was it. <laughs> That's all he ever said. We didn't discuss it further. You didn't Choice actually have the talk. Mm-hmm. There was no talk. <laughs> I remember funny. my parents trying to have the sex talk with me. He's like, you know about sex, right? I'm like, yeah. Cool. Peace. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> like, Great. Like, again, what talk is there to have? I mean, depending yeah, right. on how old you were, I guess. But it's like, yeah, man, you're, you're fucking teenage yeah, if, if jacks off, of course. If I'm banging it out to porn mags. The time for discussion is over. (laughs) It's probably worth having the talk. Yeah. I I feel like that I was stunted in in feeling like that was like taboo to talk about. And yeah, that's like a bunch of Gregs love each other very much. Yeah. (laughs) No. Uh, They have a Gregacule. Um, I don't know. That's nothing. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. I didn't really mean to derail this into porn. Uh, I also, uh, there was a friend in the college who wouldn't let me borrow his anime tapes to tape, uh, to to dub over onto new cassettes because he was convinced that if you hook two VCRs up together, the source VCR can tell that it's being recorded from and will play at a different speed that will damage the tape like he insisted on this and refused to let me borrow any of his tapes because those are the dumbest machines of all time what yes i I, like if you didn't listen to 30 2010 honey i blew up the kid was last week's 30 year old movie that was the first movie i discovered i could record my blockbuster rentals on like Mm -hmm. uh, i could hook up another Mm -hmm. vcr and you had to do it one one we're a one TV household. I'm like nobody touched. 
Nobody's <laughs> two and a half hours. Nobody. What did it? Was anyone uh, rich enough where the parents sprung for the two cassette VCR that that automated all that on Ooh. one machine? Yeah, no, I never had that. Nice, nice. I, I, I did. Somebody left one at my house though. Now I have it now. Hmm. All right. Well, tr- on videogamepocalypse.com, Trick the TM says. Having to plug the AV cables for my video games into the VCR in order for the N64 or PlayStation to work to be displayed (laughs) on my grandmom's TV from the early 80s that I was handed down. It did come in handy when I wanted to record my gameplay highlights like beating Mario 64 for the first time. Yes. Did I say this last week? Do you remember the daisy chain? of? Now we're all about like high-definition footage and blah, blah, blah. But like, do you remember... The RF switch for your Nintendo, Super Nintendo Genesis, mm-hmm. you just hook them up on the back of one another and the, the signals would degrade as they pass <laughs> through one another. That's how we used to play games with it's no like thought a human of centipede of RF it, switches. It's, it's still a relatively recent thing where like it, it's a workaround. If your TV doesn't have enough inputs, you can just like, all right, I'm going to daisy chain through certain things yeah. and it's it's not great. Yeah, I still, I still have one or two of those things happening on my amp right now, but like that that shit in the back was ridiculous. It looked like it looked like a voodoo necklace of uh, video game <laughs> <laughs> uh, Giant Shortstacks says, uh, as a 35-year-old millennial, I sometimes feel like the only people who have seen bigger lifestyle changes were born in the last days of the Wild West and lived mm. to die of internet addiction. If I were writing this to you when I was reading video game magazines in third grade, it would involve stamp- stamps and envelopes and thus glue. A horse would have to die in order to communicate with people outside of your state. Now we can 3D print bongs designed by somebody in Australia. And yet the most confusing thing I lived through was the 90s wave of indoor amusement parks. (laughs) Those things could only exist in the brief period where we were all still fascinated with Arnold and Hulk Hogan as fitness icons and places like Discovery Zone hadn't been been sued out of existence. Back when I was an art teacher, I asked a class of grade schoolers if they would be interested in a building that had a two to three story tall playground with tubes and slides, ball pits. Oh, plus it has a giant arcade and all the food is pizza and soda. It was like your birthday was brought to you by a robot. Looking back, it was probably pretty cruel to bring it up since I could only follow up with oh and they were all shut down like five years before you were born (laughs) kids these days will never know the joy of playing mortal kombat 4 to get new ideas for karate moves to practice on each other in those foam and rubber line (laughs) mazes until some greasy underpaid teenager yelled at us to stop okay this guy then he he improves upon my joke from last week when i was talking about the johnny appleseed of porn he says that legendary american pioneer who went around planting pornography in the woods is named Wait for it. Johnny Fappelsey. <laughs> Brilliant. That's pretty Beautiful. great. It's a great yeah. comment. For giving me the Very things good. I need. <laughs> pretty good. Uh, pretty handsome. Nice. Man, good one, Handsome Ralph. He says mm-hmm. cheat codes are better yet actually obtaining usable cheat codes. Before the advent of places like GameFAQs, I remember the only place one could get cheat codes was either from friends who had already discovered them or from magazines like Tips and Tricks, EGM, or GamePro. I mean, I think that was the first... E- EGM 2 was, like, all code. <laughs> and, yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, it was, there was a lot of, like, 
oral orally passing it yeah. around. Mm-hmm. Your friends would come over and just have yeah. it memorized by fucking, heart. Fucking griot. <laughs> up, up, down, down, left, it's, right, yeah. left, right. What the yeah. fuck are you talking about? It's a Konami code. <laughs> up, up, down, down, left, we right. We all left, know. Right. The great uh, oral traditions of, let's see, Judaism, <laughs> Native Americans, and right. video game cheat codes. Game cheat just codes. As well. yeah. How to unlock Ermac. Uh, <laughs> obviously, these days, cheat codes aren't common anymore. Uh, and even when they are present, uh, more often than not, one can easily find them with a quick Google search. But the experience of trying to figure out all the special moves and codes for games like Mortal Kombat has been lost to time. And I, I remember, like, my cousin who was a little older and in Mortal Kombat had been playing for months and didn't know how to do what the fatality thing meant. And I showed him and it blew his fucking mind. (laughs) What? I could rip people's spines out when it says fatality? (laughs) Like, yeah. Oh my god. Like, there is no tutorial in the game about this. Holy shit. Like, how would you know how to do that if you weren't... Seriously, do you remember... How would you know to do a fatality? I watched congressional hearings where they talked all about it. (laughs) (laughs) Then you you have to push forward, down, forward, and high punch. Not low punch, but high punch. Fantastic Joe Lieberman impression. Joe Lieberman. <laughs> Less droopy no, that, than I would Joe Lieberman's more, yeah, droopy. No. Yeah. The, the important thing spine. is you have to stand at mid-distance from him, and I never really know where mid-distance should be. I think I end up close distance. It's like yeah. playing a fretless bass. you got to kind of like <laughs> feel it out. <laughs> That's a great analogy <laughs> for Mortal yeah, really Kombat's fatality distance. Yeah, yeah. And then he whipped his spine. Out. <laughs> uh, also, since Chris Chris mentioned a very relatable phenomenon of, of woods porn, a similar phenomenon was scrambled adult cable channels. Yes, bingo. No child born after the, the mid '90s will ever understand the thrill of the chase of trying to uh, get the Spice or Playboy channel to come in just right, so you could see a nipple. Even better uh, was when uh, one of your friend's parents had a black box that actually paid for the channel. Uh, then it became an Olympic event anytime time uh, that a friend had to sleep over. <laughs> nice. Elsie Williams writes that there once was a st- wasn't a streamlined IP content machine. Uh, the rate at which new movies, series, and related tie-ins is staggering these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in the late 80s to 90s, it could be years before you get your fix again. Mm-hmm. If I could have told younger me that one day there would be so much to read slash watch slash play, I won't have time, I never would have believed it. It's bizarre, and I only think of it in terms of both games and superhero movies. The standard was three years. Three years for a follow-up. Right. And, if, and, and, and a lot of times it was longer. But that well, was the best I, you got. <laughs> Being into comics in the 90s, which mm. I think probably a lot of young boys were, um, like, everyone dreamed of there being superhero movies. And, like, they, they, like, there rarely were. And when they, when they did happen, they were almost always bad. And, yeah. and so you, what you got a lot more of were these comic movies of, like, more obscure comics. I guess they just felt like... It was safer, so you got a lot like of like Tank dark... Girl, which was also bad. Tank what Girl, the fuck? You, you throwing shade at Billy Zane's The Phantom, bro? Like what the, the fuck? Phantom? I will. Yes. And they would like really take liberties. The Mask was based yeah. on oh, yeah. a, a, a ultra violent Dark Horse comic where it's like he's not really a sympathizable character at all. He's no. just like massacres people. He masks. He's Loki. Mm-hmm. He's he's Loki. Yeah. 
But right. it's, it's more about like, I'm going to take cartoonish revenge on people who've wronged me and leave their corpses for the police to find. It's like but, a violent but, femme song. Even, even especially in terms of movies, by the time a movie is a success, no one is signed for the second. They're all doing other things, and it takes like three to five years for people to come back and readdress it. And what we know now, as people our age, you've lost a generation. <laughs> you have... Mm-hmm. Three to five years as a generation, everyone has grown up. And uh, I saw a great thing on the Laser Time Facebook community about the Marvel movies, which is just like it came around to the perfect time. And then Infinity War Saga, great. And it's like everything after that. And like, yeah, we kind of ended that shit, didn't we? Like, I don't know if I'll ever be that into that again. Will we? I don't know. Uh even with the current formula of, of like, I think someone said there's been 50 hours of phase four entertainment as opposed to 12 of phase two entertainment given Disney plus. And yeah, yeah. it's hard to, it's hard to, sorry, never mind. But uh, this is why I want to talk about this forever. I shouldn't have. There's, I should. We have this show called bonus time. We should do some yeah. of these. Or we can <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connor Wade says having to watch music videos in designated blocks on TV, especially when you didn't have cable watching two different music shows on Saturday morning in the late nineties slash early two thousands was how I first developed my love for music. Nowadays, everything is on demand on YouTube and Apple music. That's true. If I hear a song in my head, I can find it and listen to it within minutes, seconds. I I hate that the only people I have in common, my Saturday night live addiction is people who are now cast members on SNL. I don't I didn't have that, that that luxury but like I'm at the age like you coming out tonight and like no. Uh Emilio Estevez is hosting SNL. Uh, <laughs> I have to watch SNL tonight. Of course. Uh and, and the only people who were that nerdy about it became cast members and then there's me who talks about it uh at the third hour on a podcast. But do you guys remember the box? Did you ever have the box? Yes, this this blew my mind. We got like a sample one month. It, you know what I'm talking about? It was no, no, it was nothing. A cable uh, TV fix it store, and occasionally I would borrow one of those boxes, which uh, like unlocked everything. It was nothing but music videos, and yeah. it was on demand. Oh, the box. Could... Sorry, the channel. Yeah, yeah, the channel. Hmm. It, it was nothing but music videos. It was a different batch than what you would see on MTV or VH1. And it was on pay. demand. Again, you pick up the the phone on your landline, you dial the number and order a song and they charge you. And then it would, it would go into a long ass queue with everyone else who had access to this yeah. channel. And then sometime that day they would play your videos. And I think they, they found a way Desperate to like run measure. on non cables. Cause I remember like, a friend moving out and like you could still get the box but if you want like i want to see the new madonna video and like we got to call and pay and hope that enough people are doing that that it appears in the next hour because you were like yeah. bidding you were bidding on the video that came next yeah right yeah exactly. one of the comments was about video like request lines for for like mtv to be like i want you to play this thing next which i don't remember that but sure yeah, the, the box. Added. The box. It was two ninety nine of like nineteen ninety nine dollars. I remember very specifically. Yeah. It's interesting that Connor remembers. Rocks. Connor remembers music, uh, music video blocks. You know, like blocks of music videos. Whereas, like, you know, we're old enough. To, at least three of us are old enough to remember. Like, oh, there, there was an entire channel that played nothing but music videos. There were two. 
back to back and they didn't need to and then and then MTV and VH1 phased into just having music blocks around their other original programming and then eventually just no music whatsoever I know like short form band. entertainment doesn't work here's ridiculousness for 17 hours straight mm-hmm. what are you talking about uh, Connor Wade's a way more of a pop culture expert than any of us so I will take his word for it and I'm mm-hmm. deeply embarrassed Red Rock is here <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Um, so Kelly Ryan, Red Rock 963 here. Kids today will never know the struggles of renting a game over the weekend and making a judgment call on said game based off of the box art. We couldn't mm-hmm. just look up game reviews back in the day. All the info we had was either a blurb in a magazine or the box art or word of mouth. Many weekends were ruined. Because I rented really mediocre games like Adventure Island or Bugs Bunny Birthday oh, Blowout. No love for Adventure Island. Yeah, yeah that's wow. fired. I was going to say, I love Adventure <laughs> Island. That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's full pizza game for me. I thought Pizza Hut made that game. We're godfathers. How many copies of Maximum Carnage were rented just because in addition to the box, it had a red cartridge on a blockbuster yeah. shelf? Like, mm, it's yeah. a very cool looking game. Yep. Not so good, though. Pat Imbo says, uh, oh, look at this. Demo discs. Buying a magazine mm. and getting a disc with four games and a couple of videos. I mean, buying a magazine itself feels ancient now, but the mm-hmm. excitement of getting to try new games, not having to pay full price for renting, it felt like cheating. I'd, I'd also yeah. mention that uh, 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 that games came on several floppy discs. I remember a friend uh, coming into school with a baggie full of floppy discs that held the original Warcraft. <laughs> Nothing like the terror of needing to install three to five discs and realizing you don't have. Yeah, this three of five. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like, just three of five. Like I, that was my relationship with Sam. Like I, Leisure Suit Larry's fifth disc. I, I don't have it. I can't play it. You you couldn't start the game without that. Nope. Oh man, you had to install the whole thing, multiple discs. Sitting there waiting for it to fill up yeah. and like, okay, swap out the next one. Things really uh, are better now outside of like, mm. you know, human rights and uh, mm. fossil fuel emissions. I feel ancient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember when discs were actually floppy, like those big yeah. five and a quarter things. Yeah, I always thought it was like my understanding as a kid was that the small one, the smaller ones were the fl- mm-hmm. were called floppy disks and the bigger ones were not, or were they all called floppy yeah. disks? They, they were all called floppy disks. They, they were all technically floppy disks. Makes a discs. lot more sense. The, the mm-hmm. 3.5 disks. What, what, I, what I find more baffling is just like whenever like, you know, I'm deep in an edit on like Premiere or Word and it's like all these icons up here are built so I recognize them for what they used to be, but like children... Oh, yeah have to use Premiere and, like, let me get out my razor blade. (laughs) Think of how confusing the phone symbol must be to people that see it. Yeah. 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 Phones haven't looked like that for almost a decade or more. Like, that that's why you have classes for Premiere, because, like, what does the razor key do? It cuts the film. Why? (laughs) Because that's what it used to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh. Let me ask you guys a question. Maybe this was just me, but you're talking about floppy disks. So yeah, the five point two fives. Those are they're they're both referred to as floppies. But yeah. were the three and a halfs referred to as diskettes, like a cigarette versus a for cigar? A little bit. Like, hmm. For a little hmm. bit, like they, there there had to be a distinction. I heard it all used interchangeably. Like yeah, they were diskettes. They were floppy disks because the non-floppy disks were a huge deal when they like came out because 
floppy disks sucked. Like they were, a con- you could mm-hmm. put you could put them in sleeves on a shelf, and they'd still get murdered by dust and wind. Mm-hmm. And so, like people loved the three point five uh, floppy disk. Yeah, but it was the only thing they had to say for a uh, uh, what would you call it, like a portable storage. It was yeah, it's a floppy disk. I so they invented it. the zip disk. The, the zip disk, baby. Yes. That was very short-lived. Yes, it really was. You can get 1.5 the storage for $350. No, it was, it was like it was like 100 megabytes. That was pretty impressive back in the day. You could you could buy hard drives that had that much and were quite it was, expensive. It was not insubstantial, but it was a what what do you call it? Like a a stepping stone to what we really yeah, really right. needed. And a whole company formed as a stepping stone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, Logical Dojo says, Light guns. Uh, I couldn't yet grasp controlling Mario, but I sure could wield a bright orange firearm and shoot at the TV. Uh, even the volume-blaring presence of Time Crisis felt natural alongside Top Skate uh, and a stand- stand-on skiing game. We finally had an arcade <laughs> of physical game Physical games. Mm-hmm. Before the pandemic, when, when uh, arcade games were worth nothing... I couldn't get my friend to help me. I had a, a free Alpine ski game. Remember that game where you hold the rails and move? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People were giving those away for free before like, the collector's market. Like the last, like two and a half years ago. Like, let's just go get it. He's like, this sucks. If you come get it, you can have it for nothing. <laughs> Everything <laughs> works. And Little I- secret, whenever I'm at a gym and I use like an elliptical machine, all I think about is this is basically Alpine ski. I'm doing yes. Alpine ski. <laughs> and some of them have the screens I, on front that like approximate like, oh, you're on a I, hike. And I'm like, this is a video dude, this, game. This has a 49 inch of like projection television yes. in it. That alone should be worth money. And it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't at all. And uh, I, I thought I, I'm just hoping arcade one up news was rumors was a time crisis machine with point blank in it and that those are like my two favorite like gun games to be in the same cabinet would be wonderful <laughs> uh and let's see and finally on twitter at rhr young jr says malls as the center of the cultural universe it's where you oh, yes. went to see what was new in fashion music movies toys everything also kids won't believe that banana republic Used to sell safari clothes, and Abercrombie used to be a store your dad shopped at. Yeah, <laughs> or it was only associated with with pedophilia and racism. I, uh, I think someone then replied with an image of a uh, of Banana Republic that basically looked like the queue to the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland. It's like there's like a G sticking halfway out the front of the store, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh yeah, it was like this. Yeah, I remember those. Uh, you know, and now it's just like it's like this is like the Gap, but everything's ten dollars more. It's yeah. the same company. It used to be like if if Rainforest Cafe was a place where you went to Thank buy you. clothes. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> yes. I would buy most anything from a robot gorilla. Thank you for your direct change, sir. Uh, finally, we have a video response from <laughs> Schnazzy One who says, Hey, guys, been a bit. I uh, wanted to answer your question a week. It's Schnazzy. Hey. Yo. Uh, so, yeah, I know you haven't heard from me a bit. It's because I've been working on this uh, this cute little booger here. A baby? Oh, it's a dog. dog. Hey, Libby. Robot? Dog. Oh, someone describe my dog. Describe him. Um, he's a little describe that dog. brown guy, uh, biscuit colored, looks cute, sniffing around. That sounds right. Facing right, away from uh, the camera. So moving on, uh, question of the week. 
things I did as a kid that uh, modern kids may not understand. Uh, there's a few things that come to mind going, you know, the whole information tough to find part of it. That, that was huge. So, uh, all right. So back in the day, you know, you'd bring in a gaming magazine to school when you're a celebrity for a day. Everybody yeah. wants to take no, a look no, at that Nintendo it. Power or VGM or <laughs> PC Gamer or ah, I don't know, whatever. So, you know, that was a natural weird thing. Kids wouldn't understand. Oh, I brought a magazine to school. Now everybody wants to talk to me so they can look at this magazine and see all the cool games that they wouldn't be able to find out about any other way. But to me, the, the, the story that comes to mind is Mortal Kombat 2 at arcades. Uh, it was a long time ago. I'm not entirely certain of when Mortal Kombat 2 came out exactly, but internet had just showed up over at our library for the college. Uh, they had a T1 line... Uh, it was the only way I could see this internet thing. So, uh, it, basically what would happen is I went over there and I printed out a copy of every single move for every single character on the college's printers. And, uh, I would bring it to school. And, you know, I kind of made a racket of it. Uh, I would tell people, ah, oh, you can copy it, but, uh, you know, I'm going to need a dollar or 50 cents or a quarter and uh, the concept of selling information that you printed off the internet, I don't think kids these days might not. Kids these days may not be too familiar with that. But anyway, that's my answer. Uh, you guys are doing great. You're doing great. Chris, lighten up. What? You know, I'll cut back a little. <laughs> Have a good one. Peace. Yeah, Chris, lighten the fuck he up already. fucking called you out, bro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, my experience bringing have Nintendo to fight power. One. <laughs> my experience bringing Nintendo Power to school was uh, some jocks who hated me crowded around my desk when they saw it poking out of my bags. Like, oh, Nintendo Power, can you give me the latest tips and tricks? Can you tell me how to win Super Mario Brothers? It was really my, mine was mocking, but then like I've said some variation of that a billion times. Uh, I wasn't, it wasn't like being gay, but I was closeted and people who knew that I, who I was would secretly come up to me like, is that the new GTA good? What's the Sonic debug code for <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and people would come up and ask me stuff because they knew I knew, but it wasn't bandied about very socially and it was clearly considered antisocial. Oh yeah. I lived in constant terror of people discovering any of my interests. <laughs> no. I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I think I I might have been the real life version. You know that meme of like the skinny kid typing stuff and then all the bodybuilder dudes replying like you got this king, you you know. Mm -hmm. That was like me encouraging the nerdy habits of others cuz I was a nerd myself and it, like being on the football team, I'm like I got you. Don't let anyone fuck with you. Just come to me. You know? <laughs> yeah, good more, you, more people like that is is always welcome for real. Mm -hmm. Like uh yeah, 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 but but I, the world barely makes sense to me now. I love comic books. I wish there were Marvel movies all the time, and everyone knew Mario was. And like, here we are. I got everything I wanted. I don't. And know look at the world. Got. And look what it yeah. did. Yeah, I'm not saying it's great. Not Monkey's saying it's great. paw, baby. Not saying it's great, but uh, yeah, yeah. Everything I was, I held to myself for fear of being made fun of or beat up over became mainstream multi-billion dollar stuff yeah. uh 
but whatever. If you're, there's no way you're 20 years younger than me and listening to this, but like that'll happen to you too. There'll be a Roblox movie, a Roblox universe. Oh, you wanted a Moon Knight TV show? You're going to have to bear four years of Donald Trump as president first. Like, would you fucking take that deal? I don't know. Only Um, say that, like, uh, as a massive comic fan, nobody wanted a Moon Knight show. That was (laughs) very, very low on the list of things anybody wanted. It it does feel like, yeah, hearing you say that, it's like hearing... I didn't win, but the things I'm into did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not the one screaming on YouTube making a living off of, like, multi-thousand. Oh, did you hear the new Star Wars rumor? That is a fate worse than death for me. I never want to be that person. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. All the, all the assholes from school, they all grew up to be president. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but me, no. <laughs> uh, can you believe there are women in the Brave Star reboot? Oh, <laughs> Eyes of the hawk, ears of the female. Oh, what? <laughs> uh, yeah. Hmm. Ears of your mom hearing you talk about porn from across town. Yes. <laughs> uh, I I shouldn't even tell that story, but like uh, one of my friend's moms, who has been on this show, caught us all looking at porn magazine form, and we all instinctively, when she walked in the room, threw it under our asses. <laughs> and she laughed so hard and like, is anybody reading anything fun? <laughs> and did this for like 20 minutes and like we're both hard and sweating and terrified. <laughs> and I had dinner with her recently and like, I want to bring this up how fucking funny I thought that was. <laughs> she walked around like a, like a fucking Nazi drill sergeant who found a tunnel. Oh, yes. <laughs> anybody like to tell me anything? Oh, I bet. Nah. Uh, it was it was fucking awesome. <laughs> like the character on Inglorious Bastards, but with you guys in porn. Yeah. Colonel Landa yeah. pretending not to know anything and then ramping it up. Where did you earn that masturbation medal? Bravery. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, new question of the week. Um, have you ever imported a game? Which one? Why did you import? And what was your experience doing so? Yeah, I've I've imported a few. Over the years, uh, growing up, there was a lot of stuff that you couldn't get in the U.S. There's a lot of anime games. Uh, there's there's one that I borrowed from a friend I really love that was like a, a Macross Scramble the Valkyries side-scrolling shooter. Um, I think the first one I bought myself was Wonder Project J2. Oh, yeah. Which was like, yeah, this weird sort of indirect game where there's an android girl and... You need to teach her how to exist, and it's like an N64 game, but it's all 2D, and it's it's all like you using like a mouse cursor to sort of direct this girl around and like give her little hints, like you should interact with this thing, and it does this, and yeah. No, I, I'm I'm in the never category. I've never imported a game. I've 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 what never? I've been on the fence a billion times, but the second I got my PlayStation was the first time I heard of a mod chip. And Michael and I were talking about soldering old hardware earlier off mic. And I had a friend who could do that. And like, uh, I never even heard of piracy until the, that generation. And the first PlayStation I got instantly pirated, uh, modded and, uh, burned CDs. I never had to do that. Never. Like, I I don't even understand why you would. TBH, unless you wanted like a special edition. I've always been able to play whatever I wanted the second the internet was around. Hmm. 
yeah, people I, like the the physical box art and stuff. I guess. Yeah, yeah, weirdos who ruin digital releases, Greg. I remember ten years ago. <laughs> but but, but <laughs> even then, I guess what I'm talking about is so mod chips are one thing, right? But like, you still you. You actually needed a mod chip on some consoles to play yeah. imported versions of the games. Oh, yeah. They were region locked, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. So you would still have to have imported the game to play it. I never did because a I was always too afraid to mod my consoles. I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to break it. You know, I can't have it, a bricked machine here. It broke. My, I never did it again because it broke my PlayStation very quickly. <laughs> yeah. The other reason for me, it was just it seems so cost prohibitive. Like you would, I think it was like the back of game magazines would have like yeah. these sell sheets oh, of yeah. imports, right? And it was like you look at the prices, it's like 100, 150 bucks for a game, and I'm like, man. And the games I would want to import would be RPGs, and I'm like, that's that's not going to be fun for me to play. I yeah, can't read yeah. and have this. I, I don't want to go into debt to play Ark the Lad. Mm. Yeah. Actually, mm. no, I'm I'm wrong. The first game that I got that was an import. <laughs> A friend of mine gave it to me, and it was like Dragon Ball Z Super Butoden 2, I think, for Super Famicom. It was this, like, really fast, cool fighting game. I played it. And there there was, like, a a code where you, if you held down, like, L and R at start, it went into turbo mode. Mm. And it got even faster. It was was super cool. You don't get to do turbo time! My first, (laughs) then, technical import would be... Uh, maybe playing an emulated version of uh, games that never came to mm. the states. Uh, that that would probably which, be by the way, things. DBZ was huge in the little community I was in. That was one of the first reasons I remember emulators existing to play Dragon Ball uh, games. Yeah, not hmm. surprising. Uh, by emulator, but not an import. That series was popular like everywhere else in the world decades before it came to the U.S. I remember watching it in France in like 1992 huh. on a trip. My, my memory, I watched the whole show in order and then just like it was all fan subs. Something would happen and Krillin's like, you goddamn motherfucking cunts. Like that had to be official. Great. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> 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 There's something that like kids these days won't understand is fan uh, the whole fan sub scene. <laughs> oh yeah, Greg, did you uh, import any games? No, never. I've n- no actually. Yeah, like hundreds. Hey, Greg imported point, himself. I, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Is you know, I was just thinking about this. Uh, I, so the first time I went to Japan was as a student for a semester abroad, and I was so. Uh, you know, caught up in the social aspect of being like study abroad programs are like can be pretty intense social experiences. Everyone's in a different state of mind than they're ever going to be at any other time of life. Uh, and I got really swept up in that. Um, and wasn't thinking about video games very much at the time. Uh, but then I went back to the states and then in early 2007 i moved back to japan to live there you know as a regular person who has a job and between those two times uh like just an intensely amazing set of games came out we had so like i played through devil may cry 3 which was like a life-changing experience Mm-hmm. And we got like the Shadow of the Shadow of the Colossus, Killer Seven, Okami, like, like God Hand, like all these games that really reeled me back into the hobby big time. Uh, and so by the time I moved to Japan, I was like super on board again with the hobby. 
And uh, then I just, you know, um, became a big time collector while I was there because like basically week one, my friend talked me into buying a Saturn and I discovered that Saturn games were very obtainable in Japan because lots of stores still carried them. And a lot of them, you could find a lot of Saturn games for like a dollar. They weren't in the shitty long jewel cases. Uh, yeah, and they were yeah. normal CD cases. So I got big into collecting for the Saturn. I have like 130 Saturn games, and most of them were like less than ten dollars. Um, so yeah, I mean, like my. I, I, I wish you were with me. I'm don't. I probably shouldn't say it without his permission, but like I was hanging out with Sam, and his kid is super into DMC now. Cool. And it was surreal. Like he's like that talking like all this stuff that like. Yeah, dude, I know that one of those games I worked on, and it was just so weird, huh? But yeah, DMC as a, as a thirteen year old right now, I wouldn't week. have thought of that as a game that has a lot of super young fans. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. probably it still does. Plays like a PS2 game, <laughs> like an amazing PS2 game. But yeah, I, I think it might have been like five, or I think it might probably been five. five. Yeah, but but like super into it, and I was just astonished. Like, tell me more, even though I know this. Uh, <laughs> it was it was wonderful. It's a revelation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, yeah, importing is fun. Japan makes good games. Just expensive, yes. expensive. And I've imported a ton of movies for collectors. Yeah, I paid. I think I paid forty or fifty dollars for the steel book of Flight of the Navigator from Australia. Connor Wade, yeah. where were you? Where were you? <laughs> <laughs> well, have you ever imported a game? Uh, which one? Why did you import? And what was your experience doing? So let us know. Go to videogameapocalypse.com. Answer into the comments for episode 481. Alternately, you can visit the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer. Or visit us on Twitter at VGApocalypse. And uh, let us know there, and we will collect the answers and read the best ones on next week's show. Anyway, that has been our show. Greg, once again, where can people find you? Uh, check me out on Twitter at LacquerLeaks. I'm also on Twitch, LacquerWare. I stream Monday through Thursday, 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern. And uh, you can follow the hashtag StellarAssaultENG, just for English. That's uh, on Twitter. For the latest updates on our project, you don't want to get in, in, in front of all those Portuguese hashtags for uh, right. Stellar Assault. <laughs> well, we just wanted to differentiate from hashtag Stellar Assault so that you can find updates specifically on our project. Yeah, you wouldn't want to get it confused for the hashtag when the the aliens bomb the shit out of us. Oh, there's there an actual go. Stellar mm-hmm. Assault happening. God damn it! <laughs> we got buried. <laughs> 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 Uh, I don't have anything to plug. Uh, Twitter, uh, Maddie Sion. Patreon.com slash laser time. You can do that. A bunch too, of new shows sure. coming out this week. Uh, we're still recording more. Or Summer of 82 magic is just wonderful right now. And I cannot wait to talk Star Trek with everybody. God, I love Star Trek. Uh, Road Warrior, that's up there. Thing. I think JR might have been able to salvage ET. A conversation. Oh, cool. We lost a fifth of the. Sh- a fifth person's mic is gone from that shit, and it might be me now. Um, uh, yeah, might be able to salvage it and do it. I don't know what he did, but I was—I I like threw up my hands a bit. Anyway, sorry. Patreon.com slash laser time. I'm so tired. All right. 
As always, you can visit us online at VigiGameApocalypse.com, follow us on Twitter at VGApocalypse, or follow me personally at Wikiparas, that's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Hashtag stellar ass when someone oh. wants to compliment a Kardashian. Oh. Anyway. Wow. Had a boy. <laughs> that was a very late night joke. Sorry. It's time. <laughs> Hoyo. I may edit that out because I make it a strict policy to never mention Kardashians on podcast. <laughs> Fair enough. Thing. I don't care. <laughs> Here's my secret sound.